Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. In 2017, one man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth.
Thank you for tuning in to the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple. Awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at MetalForgeRadio at gmail.com or visit the website MetalForgeRadio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. How are you all doing this week? You know what I'm doing? Uh, I'm doing all right, I guess. Uh, it's been an interesting last few weeks, I guess. It's been been kind of messed up uh, on the, the mark forefront there for a while. But, you know, hey, we go through ups and downs in life, right? I guess so. Uh, so this week is going to be real short and sweet on the monologue. There's no heavy metal wasteland. There's no metal mischief. Guess what? I'm not even going to play a song before getting into the interview here. This is going to be a straight up episode, and we'll listen to a song in the back of the show um, because this is a long one. This is like a two-hour conversation I had with Nasty Nate McDaniel from the band Ulm in Louisville, Kentucky. And they are playing tonight. Uh, This is Friday, by the way. I release these on Friday. So they're playing Friday at Planet of the Tapes with Prayer Line in Louisville, Kentucky. So be there. Fucking show up. Support if you're in the Louisville area. If you're not and you're coming through. You know, come on out. It'll be a uh, it'll be a pretty goddamn kick-ass show because they put on a show from hell. Like seriously, they're an all-instrumental band. They put out, you know, video and the lights and all of that stuff. It just kicks ass. You're gonna enjoy it, trust me. If you're in the area, stop in at playing the tapes later and check these guys out or check them out on uh you know the interwebs like on the youtubes and shit like that check them out there as well and yeah just enjoy metal have a good time be cool to each other don't fucking say dumb shit um and you know just have fucking fun so let's go ahead and get into this this is with nasty nate of om all right, maniacs. This week is super fucking cool because we have Nasty Nate, Woo. Nate McDaniel from the band Ohm and other things. Uh, dude, what the fuck is up? Not much. Finally getting to do this radio interview. It's podcast. These podcast. Days We're not on the radio. It was supposed to, like you said, it was supposed to be a radio deal before. Yeah. Yeah, it it was supposed to be on the radio. This is the elusive, uh, you know, this is the the great white buffalo over here. Yeah, you can't can't get us for interviews, can't book us for shows. No shit, man. man. So this was supposed to be on the radio days of the fucking Metal Forge back in 2019 on WCHQ. Um, And, like, we we kept saying we should have it happen, but it couldn't fucking happen. I think you'd also just moved around that same time. Yeah, right around then, yeah. To the middle of Cousin Fuck Kentucky. Oh, yeah. And it's like... We it's like we couldn't fucking work it out. So here we are, you know, three years, four years later. And... But you guys probably wouldn't have, like... 
been conducive to the studio environment because they had like a jazz cocktail kit with the mesh heads and the fucking aerated cymbals and stuff. Yeah, and probably like a little like Fender 10-inch amp or something for me. Oh, I mean, no, no. You yeah. could do direct, dude. I could? Oh, well. Yeah, see, if you had See, a, now I'd be all about that, you know. Back I, in I'd that day, you want fucking yeah, six, day, you know, six Marshall 4x12s. Yeah, man. I'm like, I need two cabs. No, I mean, I, I've actually, yeah. I mean, that was that's hard about doing radio performances in that aspect. Like, we've tried it before and it, it's just, you could barely use any of it when we get real loud because it's mainly using low low tunings too you know oh yeah and then, but i mean it's uh you know now with the days of direct it could probably be more possible to be honest i never did think about that definitely yeah. and and you know what's wild about that is what you just sit there and said about like uh when we get loud and that is one thing i've always appreciated about ohm is your your ridiculous like whatever's going on up in your head the dynamic of things like everything has its own dynamic from a, a, a real low low volume low timber whatever you want to call it to like screaming through the fucking roof without actually screaming of course well yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean it's a dave and me both the dynamic thing is really just like it, it was a perfect storm of people to get together you know we had been playing together We've been playing together for like 13 years now. We met, me and Josh have been playing together since we were kids. I've known him since we were in elementary school. But Dave and Josh and me getting together was like really like an ideal. Like when we found Dave, like it was me and Josh already playing. And then we just was like, oh, you know, jamming with this band and the Chicago gig, you know, named Dave. There's a band called, uh, I think they were, it wasn't Assisting Sorrow. Anyways, it was their other band. It's him and Leffler. I mean, I don't know know if you know who Eric Leffler is, but God. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is like psychotically badass guitar player. Oh, fuck. He's he's insane, and he's back with fucking Brian and Yeah, no, and it's it's killer, man. I've got to hear some of the stuff, and it's it's really, really good. But anyways, he was playing with them, and we was like, dude, this guy's good, you know? I'm like, and this is what we're wanting to do is like this instrumental proggy type thing. So, you know, we we totally, all of us are dynamic freaks. We're all about that, the big boom, the low, low. We both have volume pedals. And we're constantly using them back yeah. and forth for dynamic stuff. Like, you'll think, oh, that sounds heavy. Then, no, nah, I'll kick it all the way forward. Or he'll kick it forward. And it's really, you know. So, we, yeah, we're, it's about the dynamics. When you don't have a singer, you have to be dynamic, I think. Yes, you know? absolutely. You have to do things that keep people's attention. Whether And you guys did this way before, I think, anybody in the music scene here in Kentucky with using video. Yeah. You know, the video thing to me, I think, you know, there was a lot of bands. There's been bands doing that for a while, too. But, like, you know, they were just using it for visual, you know. Yeah, but, like, to have have it a part of your show. Yeah. Like, you know, Shades of of Tool and stuff like that. And but the cool thing about it is, is like on a and I hate to I've always said I hate to say the word local when it when it applies to music because everybody knows I'll beat that fucking dead horse. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So in an independent setting, using video that cor- that you know corresponds with what you are writing, you know, and playing versus like Pink Floyd, Tool, yeah. all those bands that did that stuff yeah. that like. And, you know, just in the early stages of that for independent bands, like 2003, 4, 5, 6, yeah. that independent bands aren't, weren't doing that then. Yeah, I mean, they just... Uh, the thing is, is uh, 
once I got into that part of it, like seeing the visual side of it, we had a guy, we have this guy named James Kemper in the early days, and he did all of our visual stuff like from scratch. And sometimes he'd do some stock stuff here. So if you know, you get the Dresden bombing stuff, which is really cool for some stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the apocalyptic scenes and stuff. But this guy was actually taking like huge fish aquariums and filling them with warm water and then taking oils and dyeing them and dropping them into it for swirl effects. Dude, he's doing real practical effects. Yeah, like we weren't taking them from anybody. He was hiring actors to like do scenes for things, stuff like that, you know, like it was, and we just, and like artistically, me and me, him, Dave and Josh all like really, it worked, it gelled. So we, we got lucky because we had that guy and I think that helped on that. But once you know, you get up there and you start talking to people after you've been playing in a band for a little while and you're doing the visual thing like that. And people are like, man, it's just like, you guys are so different. You know, you got the visuals and stuff and everything. And it's like, well, we kind of have to have this visual scape to, to keep you because a lot of people are very into the having to have a singer and have a lyric. Yeah. And, you know, and I understand that. I love, dude, I mean, dude, Dio is like God, you know, I don't hate singers, I, but I'll be honest with you. I don't listen to a lot of modern music that has singers in it. I, mean, I get that. I, I don't. I mean, I still rock all my Rainbow, all my Aussie. I mean, I'm, I'm rock stuff from the 90s still, but most of the new bands that come out that I listen to, if they've got a singer, unless they're local, you know, I, I love local scene, underground stuff, you know, yeah. because it's it's always more pure. Right. You know. And it's before, you know, when you do it for love of the game as it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, more singers are convincing to me when they're hungry. Yeah. You know, it's basically what it boils down to. And a guy that's, you know, hauling all of his gear two hours away to play for 25, 30 people, you know, he's got a lot of probably something built up there. And he's Eight doing it because he away. loves it. Yeah, and he loves it. Obviously, he loves it. And, you know, he's got – that's why that's why metal dudes are probably salty and better at the anger and really getting it across. Because, you know what, we don't get the respect still sometimes, you know, for no, the work. No, fuck no. I you mean, know? that's why I'm here. That's why, you know, that's why the Metal Forge is here yeah. is to get that shit out what? and to fucking tell people, that, like, yeah, you know, it's fucking – evil and dirty and cruel a yeah. lot of times and it don't matter it, it it's like this business is so interesting because you know in a fucking regular quote unquote regular world fucking business shit yeah you can get to the top and you can fucking come down just a little bit like you know you fuck up and you get demoted or fired and but but you always have that next leap to where you need to be yeah well you should take it as a learning lesson too something in that aspect of it music is totally not that yeah, yeah. you can fucking hit the top yeah and then fucking you could fucking be nothing yeah. Like, the next fucking I've, day. I've seen it, man. It's crazy. I mean, like, the guys down in L.A., I got friends in Los Angeles. You know, I think I everybody does. I, everybody's got friends in L.A. Have you ever ate a taco in L.A. type shit? But um, uh, it's like... Um, I I've got, got a, an and, and it's taco vicious. story about L.A. Oh, dude. there's. Uh, I can tell you some pretty good taco stories. <laughs> I don't know if we're talking about the same kind of taco. But, oh. oh No, but I mean, I've got friends down there that are Woo-hoo. like playing and like, I mean, they're on labels, man. They're, they're really doing stuff. I mean, I could name drop all day, but I mean, it's like, dude, these are guys that are working in studios or have their own thing going. And they're like, dude, it's a struggle. They're like, you know, they're like, if you don't stay in it, in the scene. Like in a year, no one knows who you are. He's like, he's like, they'll give you that two years, maybe tops, you know, to like work it out and get a new album out, get back out on the road. They're like, but man, you go much past that. They're like, you're tumbleweeds, man. Yeah. And I'm like, that's horrible. 
to me, staying in the local where, you know, I get to only have to, I mean, I like playing gigs, don't get me wrong, but if, if you can play like three gigs a month, say three or four gigs a month, you know, do all right on that, have a good head, turn out, and people just love it. That's gratifying to me. I don't have to get on a plane and fly around the world to get my rocks off playing music, you know? I mean, that sounds fun and shit, but, you know, it also sounds like a lot of responsibility, you know? Yeah. That, and, and to me... I don't want it to be a fucking job. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you don't want to have to punch the time clock yeah. either. Yeah. Also, though, I wouldn't mind making just enough, you know, to really like, you know, like I don't need a mansion. I don't need no. all that shit, you know. Like, but if I made enough, and there are dudes doing that, I mean, like, shit. I mean, there's so many musicians in Louisville that are in signed bands that are doing like, oh yeah, man, we just played Donington. Yeah, then I had to go back and work the sandwich shop. You know, <laughs> like that shit happens, man. People don't believe it, but I'm like, uh, I know a dude that just played Donington and now he's back there changing tires. <laughs> dude, we, we were in my living room a minute ago and this is all relevant, okay, to something going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we were in, in the room and you sit there and you saw the master era poster on the wall. Oh, yeah. And you're like, dude, I love that poster. And it's like, yeah, I do too. It's fucking awesome. And like, that would be the other fucking perfect shot poster that I would love to have is the one that's taken. I think it's, it's during the ride the lightning era. And it's like the first time that Metallica played Donington. And it's taken from like where the drum set is. Yeah, it's from behind, dude. And you and see you that see crowd. And you see the fucking crowd of people. And you see James up on the front of the stage. Yeah. You see giant fucking like 40-ounce beer bottles. Yeah. And see the, the big old bell is, bottoms up on the monitor from Cliff. Like, I think he's or something yeah. like that. I remember and, that. And yeah. it's just the fucking dirtiest, nastiest fucking, nastiest fucking stage Ever. It's metal, man. It's and it metal. is. And it was metal and it yeah. was fucking awesome. That band that poster would would hang in front of where the TV is. Oh yeah, dude. I would totally rock that like family photo shit. Frame that thing like no yeah. above the mantle. I love Metallica. I mean, they get a lot of shit, but man, I don't think people that are in like around our age group or well, I mean, I'm I'm approaching my mid forties now, you know, like that. Right. And when we were kids, and, you know, everybody's yeah. like, you know, when we heard Justice for the first time, and that was really when a lot of people were introduced to it, you know? It yeah. Like, like we that, all kind of heard some flamorings of things here and there, you know, stuff like that. But when you heard Injustice, it was like, what the fuck is going on? It was a game changer. And I think a lot of people nowadays in music that diss on Metallica, they forget that they wrote and recorded And Justice For All after they lost, like, the baddest member of their fucking band, which it was probably halfway written, but still, anyways. And that shit changed metal. Like, it completely changed metal. And even though maybe later on down the road, right in the late 90s, they changed metal kind of again, because I want to say Metallica is even probably fucking responsible for most of the new metal that came out in the mid-90s, because when they did Load and took a chance, yeah, there was a lot of bands that it gave him, it emboldened them, you know? Yeah, it, so, I mean, it gave so them something that, that they could sit there and be like, if the heaviest band or what, you yeah, know, not, I mean, not yeah. even the heaviest band. But, but just you, the most metal fucking band. It's probably yeah. biggest, the biggest, literally the biggest, they're a household name. There are people that have never fucking heard Metallica. But they know, know, they they know they that are. name, know yeah. who they are. 
That's when you went somewhere. And and I like a lot of the hearsay stories, like the oh, oh about him suing Revlon for the name. And- oh, dude! <laughs> I mean, it's just like I mean, this. I mean, me and you could fucking sit here all night and go through like the shit, the lore or whatever <laughs> of things you hear. Like, yeah, I saw a picture of fucking uh, Robert Trujillo and James Hetfield getting T-shirts from Armani that were eighty dollars each. At that point, when you're that rich, I mean, I mean, yeah, you could buy the, like ten of those shirts, wear them one day, throw them away. I mean, dude, I know a guy. I know a guy, and I could name drop as Nate said earlier. Yeah, I could. All night, I could, if yeah, I we could. can do this all night. I'm sure. Yeah. I know a guy, and I love him to death. He's a fucking bass player, and like he he just kicks so much ass. Okay, he's a great fucking personality, great fucking player. You know. Just an awesome all-around person. And he was signed to a record deal uh, back in the uh, early 2000s, about the same time that Metallica was looking for a bass player. And he hit up management and he said, hey, we're kind of doing this, you know, we're kind of stagnant right now. Is there, you know, how uh, how do I set up an audition with them? And they're like, it's by invitation only. Oh, of course. Of course. I could totally see that shit. <laughs> to be completely honest. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, Jordy White. Yeah. Hey, Twiggy, come over here. Yeah. We're inviting you You know, to be a part of this movie. Yeah. Um, we will pay you. Who's a, couple- a good bass player, actually? You know, when it comes to... When it, I mean... When it comes to when it came to that group, it down. You when know? it came to that group of people auditioning. Yeah. Do you not seriously think... That, like, you see, fuck, and I'm not discrediting any of their abilities mm-hmm. because they are all great where they are. Yeah. Uh, Twiggy, you know, is great with what he does. Fucking uh, Pepper Keenan's great with yeah. where he is. You know, the dude from the cult that was in there. Yeah. Um, he did that. You know, fucking, um, and, you know, and then Rob yeah. comes in. Who I mean, like, Ultimate California dude, obviously, you know, and the history with you know Infectious Grooves—they've known him for a long yeah. time too. I mean, he kind of is a level above all those other guys. Yeah, they had to know as soon as he came through the fucking door, or even once they got wind of it, that that was a done deal. Yeah, because literally, like out of all those dudes who, like I said, are great bass players at what they do and could have probably filled that role. I mean, honestly, you know, really when it comes to holding it down like the way Metallica does, if you've got the speed and some semi-chops as a bass player, you could probably work that, especially since, you know, they do a lot of their new catalog and everything. But, man, when you see a guy like Robert Trujillo come through the door, and he's, he's like, like you said, I know battery. Cali- yeah, total <laughs> California boy, which they want, you know, for one. Well, yeah. that, you know, that's a big thing, and people don't see that. Like, I've got a friend that, you know, when Head was doing his own band, you know, he'd went down there and uh, he'd been playing drums. He played drums with them for a couple months, man. Hmm. And uh, but you know, he'd been flying back home, you know, and spending a week or two when they were off and coming back and everything. And they were like, "Well, you know, we want you in the band, but you've got to move here." And a lot of bands want that because a lot of it's the vibe thing. I think yeah. too is like they're like, "Well, man, I want to be able to hit you." I'm like, "Hey, man, let's all go out for sushi, and then we're gonna go do us a podcast or something like that. Hang out, you know, the camaraderie of it. I understand too." Well, and I think you got to be readily available to your group because, like, when that happens, and you all have to jive to the schedule. 
Yeah. And that's what sucks because but because it is like punching the time clock there. But it's yeah, like, at that point, yeah, but it is. Honestly, the cool thing about it was, and this was just like here a couple weeks ago with Dave Ellison, man, talking with him, he was just like, Yeah, man, can we keep it about thirty minutes? And I'm like, dude, yeah, that's totally cool. And thirty it was like thirty two minutes, and I'm like, Hey Dave, um we you know, we, we hit thirty two. Um yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, but anyways, and what I'm saying is, oh, yeah. And it, yeah, and he, and he went over like 17 minutes. Well, that's cool, man. And I was like, holy shit, dude, yeah. that's awesome. See, I, I love him, and, you know, I won't get into anything like the, Yeah, the, the, let's, I don't, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you see, the thing is, and I don't even acknowledge shit like that. That guy's one of the baddest bass players in the world, and that he has been on some, like, uh, what, six, seven, eight of the baddest metal albums that ever. I mean, I, I love yeah. Megadeth consecutively. All the way i mean I, I all say, the, i say all the way until the first time junior left the band yeah man <laughs> there you go and that's then a what great happened? way to put it man. and yeah. then what happened when yeah. junior came back yeah in the in the uh, you know i'm gonna exclude one album there yeah and that's fucking super collider uh, uh, you know being a shredder kingmaker <laughs> kingmaker's on that on that album yeah and that i like kingmaker but yeah. But no, back to the uh, Trujillo thing. Yeah, really fast. Um, yeah, I totally think they had him perfectly planted in mind. Boom, yeah. this was it. But the funny thing about it was, is somebody told me the other day, and I love her to death. And I'm gonna sit there and you know, Courtney, you know, uh, um, she listens, and I'm gonna sit there and say, she told me he's like, yeah, but he's wasting his talent in Metallica. And I sit there and I immediately said, like he didn't for fucking Ozzy and Black Label Society. I mean, I was like, yes, you're going to start pulling up. (laughs) And she goes, yeah, man, I mean, true. (laughs) I mean, honestly, he's probably doing way fucking more Metallica than he was in those two bands. His best thing was Infectious Grooves, if you ask me. Suicidal with him is great. Suicidal is awesome with him. Like, Lights, Camera, Revolution is a fucking top notch uh, thrash album. End of era thrash album. Oh, yeah, man. That's some killer shit, actually. Uh, Lost tendencies. Again. You'd never heard nothing when I was a kid and we were skaters and first heard suicidal tendencies. You'd never heard no shit like that. And of course, skaters come by because it's like naturally skaters are drawn to suicidal tendencies. They're skaters in their videos. They're yeah. sk- they're they're involved in that shit. You and know? you can t- look at Mike. Yeah. Look at Mike Mirror. And, yeah, man. I mean, and I remember my like this kid in my when I was living in Hopkinsville, Kentucky it was the weirdest place to see this though but he was like this skater kid man and he was 16 years old I was probably like 12 something like that he wore a suicidal tendency shirt and I always would rock that shit on a jam box while he was skating around the school and I was like man that guy's always cool he's cool as shit man he's a skater and he's listening to this cool heavy band says suicide and stuff into the psycho (laughs) you know what I'm saying and so as I grow older eventually you know I can have those albums because when I was a kid we weren't allowed to have that I had to hide my Metallica album oh Jesus I put put it in like a fucking Kenny Loggins case or some shit you know what I'm saying (laughs) fucking uh, George George Harrison's pop 80s segment I I mean hey man you You know it's kind of crazy it's like the Beatles fucking suck apart to me <laughs> together, you know? Right. Yeah. But you know, I actually do like that song. That's a cool song. Because That's- I think in in that same era, there are three songs that fucking convey the exact same energy by three different artists. And it's I Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison. You think of that fucking beat. Yeah. Um 
than fucking bang the drum all day. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. got... Uh, 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 okay? And fucking Pete Townsend, If My Love Opened the Door. Oh, my God. That song. Those three songs... They're all like released around the same time. They are. That is that right. It's right. Like what? 81 or 81, 82. Shit. I remember that when I was a kid, man. And like, if you ever heard those, it's like they never played those three songs back to back on any station. Yeah. Only a weirdo with fucking, you know, who taped the radio. One of us. Yeah. One of us. A weirdo (laughs) who taped the radio. I taped the fucking radio when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. I t- fucking, it's an easy, it's an easy way to pirate music. Well, yeah, that's how we all did it. That's I how we all, to, yeah. Boom. And and then... Metal what, Pit, thank you, Black Frank and Eddie Metal. Ooh, oh, I yeah. got so much shit from that show. Dude, still? <laughs> no, I mean, hey, I, I bet I can still find cassettes. Oh, I'm dude. not even lying, dude. I'm like, me recording. We will digitize that I'm telling shit. you, and they got Death playing in the background the whole time. I was like, he's like, Black Frank, Metal Pit, 100.5 to 5. Dude, you sound just like Oh, it, I grew up on that i actually dude i, I used to uh, i had a little stay down the road from here up in the top of grant line hill there used to be a shelter there when i was young i was kind of a pretty crazy kid at times outcast and outcast got in a little trouble here and there you know when you get in trouble they'll throw you in this youth shelter they'll let you like live your life like normal but every night you come home and you go there right all i had was the radio i still love the radio because it helped me through some of that stuff and just loved it and because when i wanted metal dude i when testament low dropped i was the hugest testament fan right i couldn't mm-hmm. afford that shit you know i couldn't back then cds like tapes were become when awful. they played it yeah when they played it i was waiting for it, it was like boom recorded it and like dude that album has like got so much like influence on me man dog face gods i remember i remember he's like here's a new one from testament Fresh off the track, boom, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, man!" You know, right? And those dudes, those were my boys, man. I mean, you know, why yeah. well, my fuckers say shit about doing the guys, but I like those dudes, you know, right? <laughs> I, and you know, it's like the whole fucking thing of like, yeah, coming up in three songs, we're gonna have yeah. this, this, and this. See, and, that's it. That's and dude, that's where I fell in love with like, I just the when I got into radio, it's like. It's like the uh, um, the thing in like The Sopranos where fucking Tony's like, "Did you ever feel like, you know, the the best days are gone and I'm coming in at the end?" Mm. And it's like, yeah, and I kind of did. You kind of did, actually. I, yeah. I kind of came in at the end, literally, because you know they closed that, that yeah. year. <laughs> Man, I don't know if. You but heard. I had harebrained schemes. I don't know if you've heard the format change lately, but like uh, one of the radio stations local has changed. Oh, really? Yeah, because the other day I heard Almost Honest, and then it went into one. And I was like, okay, what's going on here? Is this some kind of like block day on Wednesday or something? Because, you know, hey, they had that big hair Wednesday. I'm like, certainly they're not calling Megadeth and Metallica big hair music now, right? Oh, that would be uh, that would be the worst because right, they were was, so... Dave, maybe. Well, dude, then it continued. Then it was Soundgarden. Then it was Nirvana. And I was like, has the format changed? I was like, did it take like nine louder than life for them to realize that there's a market for metal here on the radio? But it brought back memories. Like when I yeah. heard, you know, I heard those songs on the radio. And I was like, oh, cool, man. Dude, like, I remember being a kid and was just sitting there like, fucking, I remember the first time I heard fucking Injustice for All. Oh, dude. I still remember that. And I still remember, like, hearing that era first. 
you know, and then hearing the Black Album, and yeah. then hearing the shit before that. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is like that's exactly how it went with me too. Is like, well, I got into them Justice. Uh, probably Garage Days really might have been the first thing I heard by them, right. but that's all covers, you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, and. Uh, you know, I went the same way as you. It was that, and then shortly after, by the time I'd gotten into it, you know, there's Black Album, you know, that, and I had to go back, like you said. And I went back, and I got into Kill Em All, and, like, that was my album. Like, I was like, oh, dude, because it's almost fucking punk, and it's certain. Oh, dude. You know, to me. I mean, Phantom Lord, Metal Militia. Oh, yeah, I mean, just... My favorite fucking song, and I told you this in text, is fucking Whiplash. Oh, Whiplash is the shit. It's one of the best songs they ever wrote. No Remorse, Whiplash, Phantom Lord. Dude, I mean, like, those fucking are like... Fucking... I mean, I mean no, I, that no whole album, album, dude. And even the covers they do on it. Blitzkrieg is the shit. Am I the Evil? I mean... That dude. Whole, but that whole fucking album... Fucking two weeks ago from when, the time this is airing, fucking... Fucking Brian Tatler was on the show, man. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Fucking yeah, I mean, that's, diamond that's fucking head, past, man. Dude, that's insane. Dude. He's a fucking great dude. Really? He cool, was cool. He, he was eating dinner, and he's like, here, let me put this down so we can do the interview. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear that, man. I, man, lo- I love that dude, A man. lot of he's, those dudes, sometimes you meet them, and it's like you wish you had not fucking met them. I've met a lot of dudes, and it's been like completely different than that. Oh yeah, that, that's really cool. That it, I like hearing that. I really do, man. But see, like the the whole thing with like um, uh, with Metallica and the Diamond Head connection, you know, was where they pretty much covered fucking uh, Lightning to the Nations oh, the yeah. entire album. Yeah, man, they just throw that shit in. It set or it shows a lot of that, and they uh, they did a lot of the old school stuff like that. The dark, the early death metal, I guess is what you're thinking, or blackish type stuff too. You know, yeah. I, I heard about half the bands that I'm listening to because of their t-shirts, to be honest. Misfits. You know, you see them wearing a Misfits oh, t-shirt. And I was like, who's Cliff, the, yeah. Yeah, you know, Cliff's got the Misfits tattoo. I got, the tat- I got a tattoo right in the same place just about almost. You know, you know somebody is like, introduced me and we were talking at a show and everything and she's like yeah his favorite band's Metallica and it's like no it's not it's actually I don't have any Metallica tattoos Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I do have a fucking Venom one and a yeah. priest and a king and fucking Eddie and yeah. the King Bat and fucking Alice and t- yeah, fucking the Alice Sabbath tattoo is and awesome, fucking Motorhead. Actually, you know? I never noticed that before. Those eyes are badass. Dude, Jared yeah. fucking Spicer. It's like his first realistic tattoo. Oh, he's, yeah. I mean, he did. he's done... It's good work, man. He has done from here all of this in 2022. Oh, yeah, you've been getting some work done, man. Hell Fuck yeah. yeah. And man, I ain't had one in so long. I got a, I got an appointment coming up with yeah. Phil. Phil, pumped, uh, we man. love him. I love Ageless. I've been going there for years. I mean, I mean, but I have not had it. You know how you go a while without having it. You're like, oh, I just got to get a tattoo. Yeah. Man. But I've, had, I've got a lot Dude, of band tats. Dude, it's fucking therapy. Yeah. I'm not getting a band tat this time. But, you know, like, I've got tons of them. I got a, my fucking Guar tattoo. I love it still. It's great. You know, yeah. I got it right after Dave died. And, you know, they're huge. I love them. I got to work some shows for them as stagehand stuff. Yep. No. Got him Got him right here on an yeah. overload Dude, merchandise card. I love he, him, but odorous. Dave might be a bigger, I mean, just like guar freak. Like, he knows every single word. Like, he's, <laughs> he's always trying to get us to go. He's like, cover, you know, guar song. I'm like, I would be about it. Dude, you, know? you all need to cover Saddam Agogo. I'm down, man. I'm down. And actually get people that you know 
to do the horns. Oh, dude, that'd be dude. Listen, beyond, <laughs> be, listen, Beyond Hell album is a fucking thrash masterpiece, and I've been telling people that I'm just like, oh, well, Battle Maximus. I told, I got a little cousin named Luke, and he like he's like straight looks like a, a younger version of Eddie Munson. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's got that whole thing going on and everything. Except instead of it being like a look because the show got bigger, he's looked like that. He's he's raised by people that think Tesla's still the best damn band in the world, which they are. They're a great band. But um, uh, hey, they're about to put out something new anyway. Hey, man, they shred. But I told him he's like, what's a good? He's like, I'm really starting to get into the thrash. He's like, and of course, he's like, I got all the testament and this and stuff. And I was like, you want to hear something that'll blow your fucking mind? <laughs> I, I was like, listen to Battle Maximus by Guar. Take it for what it is and don't think about it. I just like, just take it as a metal album. And he was like, Jesus. I'm like, yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I was like, people look at him and see the costumes. I'm like, I'm like, to me, that's a perk. But I can understand where people are like, oh, I'm a little thrown off by this, you know? Yeah. Or, or they're like, oh, it's so hokey. They're in costume. I'm like, dude, just close your eyes and listen to the rippage going on. Oh yeah, because I mean, dude, I've I remember when I, I hadn't I had I got into them real heavy after I heard them become a metal metal band. You know, like before, you know, we'd watch them on Beavis and Butthead and shit, and they'd come on Headbangers Ball and stuff sometimes. Yeah, you know, and I think they even I think Odorous was on Headbangers Ball an episode fucking with Ricky Rackman or something. Hey, and you know he's coming to headliners. Who Ricky? Ricky is. Oh it, man. Uh, on in like he's like he's May. still fucking around. Yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah. He he's doing his his uh, stand. It's not stand up. It's his like you know kind like spoken word. Yeah, like, spoken sort of like word. How Rollins does things. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I'm sure he's got some stories, dude. He so he'll be in the Louisville area uh, in May. So check that out because mm-hmm. uh, we are informative here too. Oh yeah, we try to be. Anyway. Get your metal news right, yeah. Yeah, on. MTV News. <laughs> Dude, you hear it. <laughs> right. And everybody, I mean, I don't give a shit. Everyone's heard that, you know, like in our age range. Yeah, you know? where I'm it's I'm just like, like, yeah, you've heard Megadeth. You probably don't even I've know I've Kurt it. Loader with MTV <laughs> News. Yeah, you probably don't even know it. You've heard Megadeth. <laughs> I love the uh, the movie Airheads for that reason, where uh, they Kurt Loader's in a spot in there, and he's like, wait a minute. Is that right? The Lone Rangers? <laughs> you know? He's like, cut. <laughs> it's like, what? Come yeah. on, man. But, I like how they were all sports about it back then in movies and stuff. And you see stuff. I mean, you know, it's... it's. I, well, I miss the 90s. I'll have to say that, you know? It, things that were a lot different. Movies were a lot cooler to me, it seemed like then. Comedies, everything, you know? Even the sappy, just stupid ones. Like, Airhead was just so goofy. Yeah, but it's the... It's honestly... To me, it is... The 90s version of this is Spinal Tap. Well, yeah, it is. When you seriously think about it, the shit that they do, it you know, it's like, that happens to all of us. Yeah. You know, and, and for for lack of a better reference here, for the I'm watching Better Call Saul right oh. now. Oh, okay. And... I've I so I slept on the whole Breaking Bad thing. I recently watched the entire series and was like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, I've never watched uh, Saul because and man, you know that's what everybody says. They're like, "Oh, but you know he." If if you know the show and how fucked up and crazy it is, it's yeah. it's the same crazy that's in Breaking Bad. Let's just say Which that. Which is pretty crazy, man. Yeah, <laughs> and Saul Saul basically tells a brand new receptionist on her first day, saying he's like, "This is not a typical week here," 
but it is. You know, that's the wink. It's like, and, and that's really what I'm getting at with the Airheads thing, where they were they were a good sport about it. You know, the making the spoofing MTV. You yeah. know, with it and that just crazy weird Spinal Tap shit. It's the fucking like the wink and the nod yeah. to to the show. I could see. Yeah, to me, like a. To see, uh, what's his name? Bushimi? Yes. Two in that role. Who looks like fucking uh, Rex Brown. <laughs> yeah, you know, I never thought about that. And he's playing a bass, too. Yeah. Know? So, shit. I mean, And his go. name is Rex. Maybe that's what he did. He's like, tell you what, I'm going to base my character off these dudes I've been hanging out with in Texas with this crazy metal band, you know. I want, I want to, in my mind, I want to think that they hung out with Bushimi. Like yeah. To get into that role, he did some real method act acting type shit. And <laughs> meth, he's like, I'm going to get meth, meth it act. Meth. Have you ever been around meth people? No. <laughs> yeah. That's anyway. the unfortunate thing for uh, Steve Buscemi. You got to love him because he, <laughs> he could totally be typecast as the t- stereotypical meth abuser. Yeah, the twitchy guy, you know. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he, he does a good job at it. I mean, it's like. But he is an amazing humanitarian. Oh, yeah. He's a great actor, too. I mean, he does he does a lot of cool voices on cartoons and he does villains on, like, DC Comics yep. stuff. Uh, I want to say I want to say he's done The Joker or Riddler or something one time on Interesting. One something you like know, that. my favorite movie with him is a movie that most people probably would never have heard of. It's 20 bucks. I have not watched that. Is that like on Hulu or something right it now? It might be. Because I've seen it like kind of, I was like, I've never watched that because it had his name in it. And I usually, I've seen about everything he's in. I watched it about 20 years ago for the first time. And it's basically the story of how this $20 bill gets passed around fucking town. And, and the different walks of life uh, of whose fucking, who it, whose hands it touches, yeah. you know. That's kind of dirty. It is kind of you're just like, uh, and but, but it's, interesting. I but it is see. a great fucking movie. Yeah, I it, mean, it's all. I I don't think it's an Arnofsky film, but it almost kind of seems like it could be. Okay, I could see what you're. You know, I mean, that whole life of Pi or what the or not oh, life man. of Pi, but Pi and fucking who also has the fucking the uh, Hector Salamanca the the guy from the wheelchair guy the oh. the old cartel guy that. Yeah. Yep, I know you're talking about. Yeah. The Breaking Bad stuff again. Yeah. He's in uh, most of the Aronofsky stuff. Man, I mean... I think he's in uh, Requiem for a Dream. That's a messed up movie, man. Oh, that movie. I've watched that movie two times, right? And I only I, had to watch it once. Yeah, I didn't need to watch it the second time. I mean, it <laughs> so is like, you're you know, a sadist. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, dude. I actually, the funny thing is, is my I watched it with a couple of my friends, and I was like, man, this shit's crazy. This is a little bit too deep for me, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, I won't lie. I mean, I, I've had a lot of friends that's on drugs. I've, I've I've had my dabblings in doing drugs and stuff like that. But this shit was just like too real when you see a scumbaggery of dudes that are junkies. I'd, I'd seen some junkies in my day. <laughs> I walk out the next day and they're watching again. This is the blockbuster days when you rent a VHS, you know, and it's just like, I got two days to watch it, so I'm going to get my watches in on it. Yeah, right. And, you know, you do that. You know what I'm saying? You know, you'd be like, well, I got Big Trouble in Little China. You know, I got two days. I'm going to burn it up, you know. (laughs) Be kind, rewind. Hopefully, hopefully the movie didn't suck. 
happened. Yeah, exactly. Because then you felt like you wasted four dollars. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, and I had to get up and go there. It's it's totally more easier. But yeah, I mean, like I walk in the living room and they're watching it again, and I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? <laughs> I was like, that was a disturbing movie. I was like, I don't need to see this shit again. Take it out and get back to Blockbuster and get us a, a comedy or something, man. <laughs> no shit. But, I mean, it was just like so. But I mean, like Jared Leto actually is a great actor. He, he, I mean, I like. I, I like him in like one movie when he does like weird shit like that, like in the Dallas Buyers Club. That guy like completely transformed. That yeah, was like, I loved that movie. And then when he was yeah. Mark David Chapman, yeah, man, and you know uh, Prefontaine, yeah. Yeah, Steve like, Prefontaine, yeah. The, well, Alexander, I don't know if you've seen that, like uh, with uh, him and uh, Colin Farrell in it. But yeah, he, they, he kicks ass in that too. Well, I mean, you know, I'm on to the Game of Thrones stuff and all the old stuff with the battles like that. I like sword fights more than guns. Fights. You know? Oh yeah, so I'm all about that. Well, I mean, it depends on the era. I think. I think yeah. the Eastwood gunfight. That's like different. the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's different. That, now the West is different. Yeah, yeah because it's almost like it. are. Mm, yep, yeah. dude. That's why I have a song called Gunslinger. Exactly. Because hey, it's man. fucking. It's it's what it is. It's, High noon, baby. I love that shit. And that's where the original genesis of the podcast is. Every day at high noon because oh, you're a fucking gunslinger, man. Boy, yeah. That's when we drop the episodes, <laughs> right? Um, uh, sorry, oh. uh, had to check a text here. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just like what well, is a wild west kind of situation? And I've heard that put in a sense when it comes to the shredders as of late because. You know, I'm a real big fan of like all these. A lot of these new cats that are coming out are real good, but that's they talk about the old dudes like gunslingers, like mm-hmm. that, like like a dying breed type thing. But they were, and they dude. Is. Like, mm-hmm. like seriously, think of like your 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 gunslingers out there, the the ones that are are gone, that are only living on legend status. Yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. You know, think of fucking like Stevie Ray, man, and the way he played. Then we we have video of that, and that's awesome because it's proof. It's legend proof, you know. But think of like the people like Django Reinhardt. Yeah. Who fucking was badass. Oh, fucking man. with the with the messed up hand, you know. Dude, anybody that can play gypsy jazz and even attempt it is insanity. But yeah, I mean, like, there's like minimal footage of him. Like, is there even any footage? I, I of don't him even th- I think there's like one or two things. Maybe. I've not heard of a lot if there is. I mean, but I, I think mean, I think I've only seen pictures of the deal, but like that's who fucking Tony Aomi's boss gave him a record of yeah. and told him the story about him and that's when and that was when Tony decided to do the the keep playing and shit. Yeah, I remember reading that in his book. That was a good book. Oh yeah, I Iron love Man. Iomi. I mean, he's dude, he, I, Sabbath is still like either either formation of Sabbath to me. Don't get me wrong when I say this. I love them both. But uh, both man, that first Both, I mean there's like nine. I mean, to me there's Dio and and Ozzy era to me it defines the IRS stuff the, is t- good Tony Iommi's in the band and to me in a sense like he's the riffmeister in that and I know that he's kind of had to be the guy to take the reins in that band for years and control it in that situation but it, it's worked but I mean like to me like there's two there's like there's Ozzy era and there's Dio era and I mean anybody else besides that which they've had other people I know that but those are my like two of my favorite singers yeah like, Tony like, Martin and Ian Ge- uh, yeah, Ray Gillen right 
uh, think that might have been. No, yeah. it was Ian Gillen. It was Ian Gillen. Yeah, Ian Gillen, yeah. Deep Purple. Yeah. I read some interesting shit about him, too, man. Uh, the the I guess the singer from Deep Purple that was with him. Yeah. I mean, I'm some, I'd never really known much about him, and it's just he seemed like a really interesting guy. I was like, if he has a book, I'd like to read his book. Oh, for sure. I'm sure he does. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, ultimately... I think when it comes to like the 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 biographies and autobiographies and stuff like that, that's so cool, um, dude. Listen to the audiobooks sometimes, yeah, because yeah. it's even better. Like the fucking book "Confess" by Rob Halford. I don't know if you've read it. No, dude, no. it's great. I love Rob, dude. He actually he come by one time and gave me the whole on the shoulder one time right after a show. I, the first louder than life. I had access to be back there. And I sat right on stage when they were playing. And I was like, the whole time, he was like, oh, they played this song. This is great. They played this. They're going to play Victim of Changes. Come on. Every song. No, they didn't play it. And then finally, about midway through, they start playing Victim of Changes. And that's like my fucking song, dude. And I was just pumped up. I know that, I mean, I guess they probably saw me because I was right on the side by the, literally right by the PA. I could look out and see the crowd and everything. He walked by me and he's like, it was a good show, chap. And hit me right on the arm. And I was like, uh, but total like oh I'm not washing this jacket ever again yes. I mean, and dude Halford like Priest to me like I remember Turbo Lover was a vi- I, I, you gotta think about, I saw a Bark at the Moon when that shit was on MTV you know mm-hmm. like I was a kid but my I had two metalhead uncles that babysat me from my mom <laughs> she was a single mom and had to work a lot and stuff you know to keep me and my brother up so they babysit us both of them metalheads right so it's like I'd be sitting there in the morning eating bowls of cereal with them watching Ozzy Bark at the Moon video and like that shit just sank in with me. You know, I was like, Ozzy's the best, Dio, you know. I got brought up by guys that had a really good perspective on metal music. Of course, back then, metal music, there there wasn't a whole lot of, it's oversaturated to me now. Back then, it's like every band was awesome, you know. Right. Yeah, it's like you'd hear... I mean, Metallica, you weren't hearing none of that shit on MTV or anything back then, of course. You know, like, uh, to hear Ozzy probably was a godsend even, but... Yeah, but uh, I think Ozzy was the more, you popular know... Popular and accepted. The more popular because of his time with Black Sabbath. And and let's face it, you know, Blizzard's a fucking amazing album. It is amazing. And, you know, and my two favorite... Two of my favorite songs on that album. It's a, it's a jam the whole fucking way through. It, you know... It's a jam the whole fucking way through, and I absolutely love the care that was written into Revelation, Mother Earth, that's, Steal Away the Night. That's the baddest it, it fucking build, song on that album to me, man. Yeah, and it builds and it builds and it builds, and then it slams when they get into to the, the When they get to that, blah, the, 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 like the whole ending, like right when they do that big classical and then, then they go right into Still Away the Night. I mean, that Still Away the Night's one of the baddest songs. That's one of Randy Rhodes' baddest guitar solos, in my opinion. Uh-huh. I mean, and I still think some of the shit he did on Diary is, like, phenomenal. Like, yeah. crazy, crazy good. Uh, but, man, there's just something about Still Away the Night. Yeah, you know, something about it. That, something about that and song. And you know what's so fucking cool about it is, like... Cause you get the um, that one part in "Steal Away the Night" that dun 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 Oh, that riff, yeah. The which steal it, which is also in the Hellion by Judas Priest. Well, yeah, man. Taters, totters, man. You know, and it's almost like this similar comparison. One would claim would be 
Curse of the Pharaohs and Two Minutes to Midnight. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> like, well, I mean, you know, I could see it, you know, be, where you can like really compare things like that. And a lot of metal, especially, but like, I mean, those Sabbath, they came Sabbath out at the same ripped. time. Yeah, and... I mean, Sabbath was ripped off so much and is still ripped off so much to me. Like, it's like I see it, I hear it, see it, I hear it, pop music, you know, nowadays, and that's cool. I mean, whatever, you know, but to me, fuck, even back in the day, like, you know, like they. I, they weren't really considering themselves a metal band. That was later, but I mean, that was like, what was that like? What was that like when you showed up and Sabbath was playing? You know, in the early days, and you, you were, know, I posed a what if. It had to be hair raising, sort dude. Of thing. Could you imagine fucking the the show in 1985, the re, the first reunion? Oh, with. Ozzy, 80s Ozzy in the silver fucking jacket. I've seen pictures of that shit, yeah. And fucking Tony dressed in fucking all black leather. Fucking, uh... Did he have the mustache on or off in this one? It's on. Is it? Okay, because, man, I've seen a picture with him without it, and it was weird. Yeah. He has has too much upper lip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Homer Simpson lip shit going. Yeah. Like, (laughs) um... So it's like weird to see him like in like volume four and shit when he doesn't have the mustache. Um, but like, could you imagine if in 1985 they got back together? They spent six years apart, you know, mm-hmm. 79 to 85. Let's the fucking let's the fucking shit happen. The blood fucking simmer down, you know. And then fucking eighties Ozzy and eighties era Sabbath, like with that power metal aspect. Oh yeah. Could you fucking imagine if fucking like Eternal Idol or Seventh Star would have fucking had Ozzy's vocal on them? That would have been weird. I mean, could you see? But there's just such a clash of juggernauts at that point too, man. And that's really why that probably didn't pop off. Both yep. those labels were sitting there going, this is great. If they get back together, we'll both make so much money, you know? And that's the way labels think. I mean, Sharon was sitting back there going, oh, shit, we're going to make some money, Ozzy. I mean, seriously. Uh, but I, no, I love I her. Think, I'm not talking about no, her, but if they I had got back together, it then, was something on the on the line. You're, I think with Sabbath's label at the time, yes. I think they were banking on that. But with Ozzy's side, with, you know, Sharon, I think she fucking put the kibosh on that. Well, I could see because that too, but Ozzy shit, was, that was fucking ultimate sin era. Well, yeah, and he was definitely blowing up pretty big on that. Yeah, because it was fucking the album right after Bark. And man, I mean, ultimate sin is actually, to be like pretty much immersed in what hair metal was, and I love all that shit too, because I'm a huge hair metal fan. But that was the most... Which is interesting to me. Oh, I love hair metal. I mean, like, I'm talking like, dude, I could sit here and talk to you about Mr. Big Winger, all these bands all night long. I love all those dudes. I love... That's some of my favorite shit. But that's a different story. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Ozzy, to me, like, the Ultimate Sin album was, like, the epitome of what Ozzy could do in a hair metal setting. And he did pretty good with it. He was still, like, evil. You know, in a sense, like the ultimate sin. I mean, those. If you oh, the song itself, where he's fucking playing like J.R. Dallas, yeah, man, J.R. Ewing, or what the the fuck? Shot in the dark video. You know, when you got the dragon version of him coming out. You know, and he's on the throne. I'm like, man, that's pretty fucking metal, even for like '86 or whenever. You know, I used to be a big Zach Wild Mark, right? It's like big, big Zach. And like, I think Zach's ultimate contribution to 
to metal, like straight up metal. I mean, yeah, Black Label is Black Label, fucking uh, P&G, Power and Glory, is that what it was? Pride and Glory, yeah. Pride they they Glory. were pretty good, man. Power yeah. and Glory, I think, was the yeah. tag team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, is fucking No Rest for the Wicked. I think I agree with you. I on think that. that is his strongest riffage that he had ever done, and yeah, he pushed the boundary to a lot of the the whole southern rock into Ozzy. Yeah, like uh, with yeah. the No More Tears, but it's still you know it's still fucking like spooky metal, spooky Halloween metal. It's very spooky. Uh, I, no rest for the wicked. That was definitely the first thing I heard on. Uh... What's that one song on there? Breaking All the Rules was the first. Breaking all, all the Rules. rules. Yeah. It's a real cool riff. So, of course, you know, naturally I was like, oh, you know, I need to borrow this tape, probably from one of my uncles again or something like that. And it's like, oh, I got to check this out. You know, I like this guitar sound on here. Man, Miracle Man. Oh, fuck. Dude. I mean, like the first time I heard that and then heard that solo, I was like, wow. Like, I mean, I was just blown away. Now, I do like No More Tears, and it is probably. It, it's either that or no risk. I don't know, man. It's a hard one. I love Me, all. I the, love, I love so, so much Ozzy albums. It's hard. But that, man, no more tears. Half of it was written by Lammy, who's like a god. Who got, and half of it was shit. written by Lemmy and and even stuff that isn't Daisley even on some stuff on that too. Yeah, Bob Daisley yeah, was man, on the I mean, album. Like, yeah. he's, Fucking badass. And I mean? uh, Mike Inez is the. Uh, that was right before he went to Chains full time. Yeah. 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 I remember He those. was the yeah. live bassist. Yeah, man. He had the hair. I remember I remember you see him in the uh, My Mom Coming Home video and he does this world. It's like, oh, look at that pretty cramped hair. <laughs> you know? And I, really, I mean, and he was still kind of. Ozzy was still kind of coming out of that 90s hair metal thing then because hair metal was dying back then. Yeah. I see. I remember that because I remember Queensryche coming out and I was like, man, this is the baddest album ever. They he, won like 10 awards and then no one gave a shit about any of those bands the next year. Yeah. It's like as soon as Smells Like Teen Spirit come out, fucking over. I heard Captain and Tennille say as soon as Smells Like Teen Spirit came out it ruined their fucking career. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I heard every, I was like, everybody's just blaming, like, it's like, uh, Obama's fault, you know, so I was like, you're just blaming it on fucking Kurt, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know. You know, and that, yeah, absolutely they did. Yeah, but and, I, lo- I love Nirvana. I, I, I mean, you I, know, the interesting thing about that is just like, yeah, how fucking it just changed. Yeah, it like, changed. I mean, it was crazy. Like, yeah. I remember that. So, I mean, it was just, you know, we had already been hearing bands like uh, Soundgarden and stuff mm-hmm. before then. I want to say, like, single soundtrack pushed a lot of the alternative band out of there. Out, yeah. out, you know, there was Soundgarden on that soundtrack. Allison Chains was about to come out with Dirt and everything. I mean, the Nirvana and stuff, you know, they'd been out a little bit before. But when that song come out, man... Like, it opened the door for all those dudes that screamed, you know? Like, you would hear something on 120 Minutes every now and then, which came on after Headbangers Ball for all you old people, you know, that understand what I'm talking about. But, uh, it, and you'd see, like, a couple Soundgarden songs, some Mud Honey, Smashing Pumpkin songs, something like that. Mm-hmm. Those guys screamed even back then a little bit. You know, screaming a little. Yeah, but when, but when you when heard the door opened, yeah. Uh, and basically, that same time, you know, you mentioned Smashing Pumpkins, that's also when. Uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness came out. Yeah, and, and he's squalling on that. And one, yeah, man. he's squalling on that fucking yeah. bullet butterfly wings alone. Yeah, that's a great song. That's a good. That's a good Smashing Pumpkins album. That was the first rock based concert I was allowed to go to by myself. Was Smashing Pumpkins Siamese Dream Tour? Oh wow! And it was fucking awesome. It was when Louisville Gardens was really in its prime of shows like that. Dude, it I was still- a, it was a cool show. Um, uh, Billy Corgan, I remember getting hit in the head with the boot. 
and he stopped and he was like if anybody throws anything else up here i'm walking off stage and it was like boom hit him again he's like all right here's the next song (laughs) i was like man (laughs) dude i think honestly and and no that shouldn't happen no no i mean but you know like i've only ever seen one band well two I've only ever seen two bands on video ever handle that in the worst possible fucking way and actually walk off fucking stage. Oh. And that's got to be a tough decision. And the two <laughs> bands that did it. Yeah. One of them is Gunners, you know, Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Fucking I could, I could totally fuck And it. and he's like what did he what did he say? Oh, thanks to your bullshit security, I'm going home. I saw Slams that, down I the saw fucking that. mic, right? Yeah. Spikes that motherfucker. Yeah. And what a little shithead. <laughs> he's from Indiana. He's so. from Indiana. He's got a little heat in him. Yeah. yeah. But the thing about it is, is like any other band you would never fucking have dreamed would have ever had this happen is Nickelback. Oh, dude, they were in like Bra- the Brazil or some shit, like Rock and Rio or some fucking shit, right? Yeah. And somebody hits him in the head with a rock, and he goes, "Well, thanks to your dumbass people, I'm going home." Yeah. And he fucking left, and I think they fucking rioted that year. I could see them doing that. I mean, I'd fucking I I, I won't talk bad about Nickelback, but I mean, I could totally. I see, won't talk any good about. I won't them talk either. good about them either. I try not to diss too many bands you know uh i can't say shit about anybody because i used to play some different stuff too but chad kroger is kind of a, can kind of be a dick i can see sometimes from live performances and stuff he gets real pissy like that's one thing i've seen prissy so does dave mustaine I yeah have. and i've seen dave, i've seen some dave mustaine change some stuff a couple of, you know like but i don't know the dave mustaine thing with me is like he's had this attitude for so long that it's like you just kind of almost accept it right like, hey, it's Dave. He's having a shitty night. So, you know. <laughs> you know my favorite you know my favorite scene from Headbangers Ball is when um uh <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh he's he's picked up a copy of Diamond Heads Behold the Beginning. Yes, great so, album. Yeah. Um so my favorite scene on Headbangers Ball is when they approach Lane Staley on the street. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> and they're like, Lane, do you have anything to, anything to say for the camera? And he goes, watch him become a guy. <laughs> and then they cut to fucking the scene of Mustaine doing it. And it's fucking like in perfect fucking harmony. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> get, and that's funny. And, you know, guess who opened for Megadeth that year? Alice in Chains. Alice in fucking Chains, man. Yeah. And it's like... That was the uh, the uh, Clash of the Titans tour. Yeah, man. That what shit was that? Was An- Anthrax, it Alice in Chains. Anthrax, Alice in Chains, Testament. And Megadeth. And Megadeth. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty good. Slayer. Was Slayer on that too? Yeah, because I think... Anth- oh, yeah. Because cause- Alice in Chains and Testament were like the opener kind of thing. And then the big... Well, big three, I guess, at that point. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's when... That was also when Metallica was on tour for the fucking... Uh, the Black Album. Yeah. The 600 yeah. fucking date tour. God, that was like years of that shit. I remember yeah. that. But I mean, hey, I mean, I, I loved I loved Alice in Chains and never thought they were like an alternative band. Like they were Dean. No, dude. That's heavy. a metal band, dude. Yeah, I they mean, how can you hear them bones and not like fucking, I was like, that's metal. Down in bro. a hole, dude. Down in a hole. I will That whole at, damn album. Yeah, I look at heavy to be on multiple levels. You've got obviously musically heavy, but like, 
vocally heavy, you know, lyrically heavy. And I know you're not the lyric guy. Yeah, but I love him. And that's the, see, because to me, like, it's, the, there's very few dudes like him. Now, when I give it due when they come out, you know. And, but yeah, his lyrics are just, they bring, yeah. they take you there, you know. Yeah. And dude, like, Gibson TV is fucking primo. I've got their app on my phone, man. I, they're so you awesome. see like the Icons series yep. and shit like that. Dude, the collection stuff is awesome. Yeah, man. There's but some... the Icons, man, that's where it's at because you get like this one-sided conversation, obviously, but it's all told in their in their words yeah. of their like career and life. And the first one I watched was Iomi. It was with Richie Faulkner. Uh, what, no, that's that, a different one. Is that a different one? See, yeah. I've seen those. I haven't seen the one you're talking about, but I've seen the one where Richie Faulkner interviews him. Yes, and, and that's fucking yeah. amazing. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But anyways, he's saying that. And, but like they've had Iomi, they've had fucking uh, Kirk Hammett, they've had Dave Mustaine, they had Jerry Cantrell. <laughs> and it's like, I always remember Jerry Cantrell like from the the late nineties and you know, early two thousands when he's like real like thinned out and everything. Yeah. And he's, he's a total dad now. And he just has this like this that ten thousand yard stare yeah. in his eyes type shit. Oh, and he's not like that at all in this. He's yeah. like like you said, he's like he's, like he's total like like he's a hippie. He honestly reminds me of like a lot of the fucking southern musicians like in Florida and shit. Very lax and Yeah, like yeah. the Margaritaville musician type shit that's yeah. like swamp music meets fucking everything. Maybe he's calmed down. I mean, you know, that lifestyle after a while will wear on you and, you know. He kind of reminds me of being laid back like Tom Petty is. Yeah, Tom Petty, man. Oh man. He's the one that got away. I didn't get to see him. Live. I never got to see him either. He's amazing. I love Tom Petty. Don't come around here no more is one of my favorite songs, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh dude, I love his like solo stuff. Like Just you're, the you're so bad. Yeah. Full moon. Uh oh. Uh oh. Keep that for later. <laughs> Full moon fever is like awesome. That, oh yeah. Yeah, I remember when that came out. Uh, we had the BME thing. I guess yeah. my fan, or my dad had had it. And oh he, the the no the, uh, what the was BMG it? BMG. That's the, it. The, the six CDs for a penny. And, yep. and you could get them. Yeah. That was one of the them. one that all of us went into fucking the system for. Yeah, that's it. That was that's how they got us <laughs> right there. But I got it. I, I'm pretty sure I got the Black Album. Pretty sure I got some kind of Megadeth album. But I got it in Queensryche. And I used to rock Tom Petty and Empire, like, constantly. Dude, and, that's, and that's a weird contrast, you know? I wasn't allowed to have CDs until I was uh, well into my teenage years. Oh, really? And Yeah. And it was nuts because, like, because of be, it, the having to take care of them. Yeah. Is what it was. So... You know, they wanted to give me, like, get me the cassette tapes and shit like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're, you know, they're Well, not, they weren't cheap back then either. Like, no, they were know, like 16 bucks they, or man, Back in, like, the 90s, $16 was a lot of money. 20 bucks was a lot of money. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And the thing about it was, was just like, I remember the first time I did that, I ordered fucking, I was like, fuck this, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and and I did it, and I got I got the package in the mail, and like to this day, I still have one of those CDs. Oh man, that's crazy that you could even keep one from that. 
like back then. God, I, I, and it was the fucking band that fucking really got me on that deal. Who was it? Fucking Motorhead. Motorhead, hell yeah! And it was the fucking uh, We Are Motorhead album. Nice. So it's ju- it, it's got God Save the Queen, Wake the Dead, fucking See Me Burning. God, I f- love me some Lemmy. Fucking oh that. yeah, dude! And that era is like it's off of the weird like nineties kick. the The nineties were different for them because they had four people through most of it. But th- that was the first album that the the second best lineup of Motorhead. Yeah. You know, with Mickey D and Phil Campbell, that was their really that was their second album together. And as that fucking new new Holy Trinity. Yeah. That they, they do they did the Bastards line. Is that same album they do they all do that one Bastards? The uh Bastards Is it Bastards? I, it's got Burner on it. Yes. Yeah. They did that because Mickey D's first album with them, I think. I think that is Bastard. Is it Bastard? That's a that's my man. It, when it, the newer no, albums, March or Die. March or Die. Yeah, because it's right. the one that has uh, it's the one that has uh, I ain't no nice guy. It uh, it's got uh, and there's Ozzy. Yeah, uh, it's got I ain't no nice guy. It's got fucking uh, Cat Scratch Fever, I believe. Cat Scratch Fever. Uh, Stand is on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was Mickey D's first album with him. Man, he's rocking out. And he was, you know who he, came, yeah, and you know who he came from. Wasn't it Britney Fox or Girl School or Britney Fox? What was? What, what was Mickey the band? D? Yeah, Mickey D. Yeah, what? Who he came from? Yeah, which band? King Diamond. Was it King Diamond? Yeah, I thought he was in some kind of girl band at one point, or like not girl band, but like a kind of glam sort of band at one no time? there no I don't know was he in girl school I don't know I wanted to say that I, I can't remember but I wanted to say I thought that he was because I it. thought girl school was all girls I thought that too or Brittany Fox maybe I, I don't know I mean which yeah. Brittany Fox is it's a sounds like a girl's name but it's a band but I just remember reading that they gave him a lot of shit man when he first played their big festival with them all the guys were like oh you got this guy blah 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 and they said he got out there and fucking killed it Right. And just walk back there like, yeah, fuck you, you know, like, <laughs> you know. And I was like, hell yeah, because he's he's a badass drummer, man. The Bastards album is like sacrifice. Shit. Oh yeah, man, dude, sacrifice. I know is the only song that he plays to a click track on. What'd you think about that last album, last Motorhead album? I dude, mean, I love it. I like it a lot. I mean, it's pretty good, but I mean, it's not like in my favorites. But Motorhead in the two thousands for me is a very every other album band. Yeah, that's a great. We are way Motorhead. To put it. We are Motorhead was a great album. Hammered to me had a couple of good songs, but on a whole, uh-huh. it wasn't a straight up straight listen. Yeah, and I still and I'm still that way about it. Yeah, the next album that came out, Inferno, fucking straight all the way fucking through. Yeah, that's can a listen to album, everything. Man. Fucking the next album was Kiss of Death. Fucking about, I can get through half of it. Yeah, it's a hit or miss too. I mean, I, I. God really, was never on your side and Trigger are like the two best songs on that album. It's still the old shits like the like. Oh yeah, that, I that can jam stuff. I mean, you got the first six albums or the whatever. The first five albums, fucking uh, Motorhead all the way through fucking Iron Fist. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And, fucking, I can listen to those all day long. I can still hear Ace of Spades and it gets me pumped up a little bit. You know, dude. What I'm, saying? I'm just like, Fuck. I have. And it's in every movie, you know? Like yeah, anymore, you know? yeah. I have an awesome story about Ace of Spades. Right. I found a new old stock version of Ace of Spades. 
and talking about wh- vinyl like yes that? oh man and i have it and i left it unopened for a long time right and what was crazy about it is the record store air ecstasy when they moved from where the panera is now where they used to be on uh, bardstown road mm-hmm. and they moved to where the kinkos is yeah uh when they were in there they fucking unload. They found a couple of boxes of Ace of fucking Spades. Man, and I Treasure. bought. Yeah, and dude, they fucking. I bought it because I fucking knew the story about it, right? And I bought it, and fucking. I don't know where they got where the fucking press plant came from for these albums, but it's fucking. It's labeled wrong. Really, that's got to be like worth something. I All mean, the misprint shit. Yeah, you well, you would think so, but like Probably. you find out that like back in the day there was so many of that shit, like the coveted green ride the lightning. Oh yeah, I mean, really to me, like that that shit is one thing about it. I I'm recently, of course, like I told you earlier, getting rid of my record collection, but I would go to record shows to get metal records, and they try to give me the whole sale. You know, I'm like, oh, man, this is blah, blah, I'm like, I know exactly what it is. I'm like, I'm a listener, not a collector. Right. You know, when I get one, there's no way. Like, I got King Horse's record. I got it, you know, same as you were saying about the Motorhead, new old stock. Yeah. It never been opened. Got a hold of it. Didn't listen to it for a year. And then opened it up and listened to it and loved it. I mean, it was just great. But I was like, that's the one time I learned, I learned my lesson. I've, you know? I've often, and I've never heard the vinyl version of that. I never have. Yeah. I've got it on CD. And, you know, that album was uh, produced by a Danzig. Yeah, that's what they say. But, I mean... But I hear that the vinyl version is really fucking good, but the CD is fucking, like, trash. Yeah, you know, I think I've heard that, too, actually. I want to say uh, Brent Webb was telling me about that. Dirt Merchant was telling, <laughs> was telling me about that. I haven't heard that name in a long yeah, time. I still call him that. But he, he was telling me something along that lines. Cause I'm trying to sell him my King Horse record, but I'm like, yeah, I just dude, got, you could buy it for like a hundred bucks on. I eBay. know. I figured I'd just sell it to him for fifty dollars, be done with it or something. I'm just trying to. I want to give him good homes. It's like I'm getting rid of kittens, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't really, you know, I ain't you to don't want to get rid of. I don't them. want to, man. dude. But that fucking artwork is legendary. Oh yeah, man. The fucking uh, puss head artwork, dude. which you know is fucking synonymous with fucking metal, because he did a fucking bunch of shit for Metallica, including their fucking biggest charting album yeah. to date, Saint Anger. He did that artwork. Fucking. I used to have one of those skateboards back in the day. Oh yeah, with the fucking with the pirate. Yeah, where it's like the Jolly Roger one. Yeah, yeah that's nice. that's totally. Zorlack Borders boards. I can't remember the name of the company. Something like that. It was fucking cool board. That's awesome. Back when they had pads and stuff on the back of the kicktail, you know. Oh stuff, yeah, stuff that they totally clown shoot you for you now. <laughs> <laughs> where the fucking yeah, like the fucking back the back tail is like yep. a wedge shape, like a skid plate or whatever they called it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, you know that was cool. That's how you skateboarded back then. You know, you just totally destroyed the end of your tail <laughs> oh yeah grind it down yeah, grind it down man <laughs> oh man yeah I think I about broke my wrist on that board I, I gave up skateboarding when I was about 18 when I joined Callus because like I like was playing faster wrists and everything and I fell one day and like hit my wrist and it was like two or three days of practice and me just having to fight through the pain of it and I just remember like yeah I can't be playing around on a skateboard no more and getting hurt you know yeah, I've got uh, tendonitis yeah. in my fucking wrist. 
and you know, and it is my picking wrist. And every so often, I will turn my fucking wrist just enough while I'm playing, and it almost fucking puts you down, dude. Fucking, <laughs> it almost fucking like yeah, take I, you to I've a st- knee. I've still got a kink somewhere in there. I mean, a lot of it's overplaying. That's a, I mean, as a bass player, I mean, I could only imagine. You know, I've played a little bit of bass in my life and everything, but a full-time bass player, I'm like, man, you could just... Dude. The, the abuse on your hands. Don't even go there because yeah. you looked at the Rick earlier when you... That there. neck is big. And, but, you, but you sit there and you're like... You're doing the fucking doing the fucking Tom Sawyer fucking thing. Yeah, but I couldn't... like I wouldn't be able to play that thing all the way through, man. That thing is... That's a beast bass. It's a definitely like one of my favorite bases though it's what i kind of feel bad because you know when I, we were talking to dave like dave you need to get that rick you've been talking about you know? <laughs> right because he's all like you know i've been thinking about getting a five string rick man you know they're about they, i guess right when they put them out maybe yeah. was it a couple years ago or something yeah. like that they got the weird pickups in it they're real neat it sounds really good but we talked him into it but then like i you know once i seen that neck i was like oh man we just hurt that poor boy i mean because it's a big neck yeah but i mean man it sounds so i wonder good. if that thing has because it's such a big neck because you know ricks have a dual truss yeah i'm sure they i think they got three maybe i mean i think they that neck I'm sure for being a five string, they've chilled on it a little bit, but man, it's still, it's a beast of a bass too. It's just, there's something about Ricks that have this cool tone once you figure them out too. And, but I mean, it's just blasting and they look cool as shit. You I know? love the I fucking mean, body design. I think the that's actually going to be the next fucking, we're going to tuck a fucking Rick silhouette right here on my fucking arm. Oh yeah. That'd be killer. I mean, and just because of the fucking, I love the 4,000, uh, one, three, four, Fucking, you know, ever whatever design version of yeah. it. it it's, it's they, yeah, they, somebody, they do have a lot of numbers in their designs, and I was their, then their models. Well, yeah, it's like well, the four thousand one history lesson here. The four thousand one was the the mule, you know, the workhorse of the fucking deal. They discontinued the fucking that in like seventy four, seventy six, and uh, did the uh, made the four thousand three the new workhorse. It's different, uh, a little bit different, but mostly the same. Okay. You know, uh, it it featured the like certain ones featured binding, certain ones didn't, etc. Um, and then by like 1981, the last of the 4001s were done. Yeah, and then they've kept the 4003 straight the fuck on. But now they've had other renditions, like um, I think it's the 4005 LK is the Lemmy signature series, but it is a the way it's designed because yeah. of the uh the oak inlay and all that shit. Oh, they go that far on it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, they only made 60 of them and he had two. Yeah, cuz I remember seeing a thing that guys doing uh, the leather work on it and stuff or one of them at least mm-hmm. I've seen that and they were actually talking about the binding around it and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, man, I was like, that's very involved in that bass. Oh yeah, that's a sweet bass. That's just an iconic bass, man. I know it. I know brand new. It was a five thousand dollar bass. Oh yeah. Back in nineteen ninety seven or whatever when they did it. Yeah, they've never been cheap basses. And the interesting thing is, there is a guitar version, also, that was a signature for somebody else mm-hmm. right and both of them came with a um a pack 
in in the the flight case because it was an actual flight case, not like the the regular form fitted Rick case, mm-hmm. where in the foam there was a cutout for two packs of cigarettes <laughs> to stand up and a bottle of Jack Daniels. That's awesome. In the flight case. I've seen that picture of the case. Saul sent me a picture of that. Yeah. Uh, and with a base in it, the smokes and the I guess the Jack Daniels. Yeah. And I was like, that's just genius. Yeah, it is, because fuck, man. It, that's, that's, I mean, that Lemmy's, really is. Lemmy's Jack, man. Yeah, man, you got to have it ready. Yeah, I mean, that guy had to have the Jack. Right, and, you know, that was, you know, story. I wish they would have, uh, you know, White Lion Fever came out, and I wish there would have been um, a second one. You know, I'm, like an, I'm a, a sure continue. there's enough for a second. Oh, oh I'm sure. God, yeah. But I love that book because it was like it, he was sitting there reading it to you. Yeah, I I read it in his voice. Yeah, you'd hear you know, all that stuff in it. Like this, but just a rock legend. Really, really, really cool dude, man. I mean, I never got to meet him. I've seen when I lived in Los Angeles, he lit. He lived not far from me. Okay, and of course, everybody goes to the Rainbow and eats. You know, yeah, like when oh, you're yeah. there, you just do even during the day because you know you just it's the rainbow. It's cool. yeah, and their food actually back then wasn't really crazy. I think you could get like chicken fingers and stuff for next under ten bucks, right? Which in California, if you can get a basket of fries and chicken tenders for that, you know, you're good, eating but, high on the hog, yeah, and for cheap, yeah, and for pretty cheap, yeah. you know. But uh, and but he used to hang out there just like they said, like he'd oh, be yeah. playing those games and stuff like that. I, I mean, I'd been like within proximity of this guy and you know heard conversations you know like that and shit like that but it seemed like always a really genuine person and i've watched a lot a lot of documentaries and stuff like that and you know just like it seems like wow man a guy that lived so fast and never stopped i mean it, you gotta write you gotta respect it in a sense mm-hmm. i mean i think when i get to that age you know i mean i like to party and have fun just like anybody but even at that that rate shit when you hit 50 you gotta start thinking about that and that guy was just like no he was like full on metal rock and roll all the time man yeah and absolutely you know, i mean there's a reason me. there's a reason i play 4003 bass yeah and there's a I reason call, you know I have look at this 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 fucking giant fucking uh, two fifteen fucking cabs that you know running off a of fucking two thousand fucking watt power amp. Yeah, well, I mean, when you do, I mean, that dude, we could give it a go right now. No, nah, we better not do that. This fucking my neighbor ain't gonna fucking care. She can't hear that shit. Oh, if we get started, I'll be here all night playing this damn thing. Well, yeah, that's yeah, that, dude. That's point. big, dude. I, mean, I, got I didn't fucking... know. I didn't know that you actually had the uh, duel. Like it had been because I seen you last time playing. You were playing the whole jacked in thing, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, I was just like, that you all got me started on that. Like, well, I'd already been entertaining it, right? And then it's like as soon as I was like, well, they looks like they got some options that I'd be interested in, and started looking into some artists that did it. Dude, and, and I was like, when I just jumped in and did it, and Mega it, Dave does it. I think it's awesome. I mean, the only thing that I de- I hated about when I saw Megadeth playing that way is they had, you know, they almost had like the Nico setup mm-hmm. where the drummer sits six feet above everybody. Oh, that's crazy. You man. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's how Nico is in Maiden yeah. and shit. He sits up higher yeah. than everybody else, and so they got LED boards like. You know, like 12 feet long. Maybe not 12 feet, but, you know, something like that. And they're like seven feet tall LED boards on both sides of the fucking drum set for, like, the the digital backdrops. Yeah. 
I swear to God, they fucking put <laughs> fucking shitty artwork versions, like cartoon artwork versions of fucking Marshall cabinets on there, like Kiss would have done. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, that sounds so Like the totally big like fucking, Kiss, like, you man. know how Kiss has the big fucking wall of monitors, right? Yeah. Wall of speakers. Fucking just like that, but they were like. They looked like they were drawn into, like, fucking Pokemon anime. Oh, dude. Right? fuck? And fucking... And instead of the Marshall logo, it was Megadeth written in the Marshall cursive. Oh, man. That's like going... That's going balls out for some animation there. (laughs) Right? Jesus. And it's like, we're talking like this is one of the biggest thrash bands in the fucking world. Well, I mean, you got to keep up with that shit, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like... I mean, I like all the stuff that goes on, like we were talking earlier, all the digital screen stuff, or all the screen stuff. Right. We don't, all of our stuff is totally, like, I think, for the most part, like, from analog projector types. Yeah, it is. And, and, and the only digital about digital thing about it now is now it's all filmed on digital. Yeah, that's and it's and, and fucking, you know, you've you're got it on a digital format. Yeah. You're not screening it from a fucking VHS, which, that dude, you should do that. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, oh, the... the raspiness of the visuals and stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I tell you what, I did You see. would love that. I, You're fucking all artsy-fartsy yeah. like that shit. Dude, I saw Godspeed You Black Emperor play once and they had a real projectionist there and you could hear him like changing reels. He had two projectors there, <sighs> right? And he was working them at an angle where he could use them and like when he was cutting one over one would be playing and he mm-hmm. would get the next reel. This dude was working just as much as the band. Oh yeah, it was it was amazing. Like, and it, the visuals were really cool. You know, he'd be sitting there and like something doing this, and you'd see him pick up a mason jar full of like blue dyed water and hold it in front of the the you know, oh yeah the light in front of it to give it that murky look and shake it, and you'd see bubble things come. Out. I, was, I was like, this is he's just as much work as the band. You know? Yeah, he's ju- he's mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of the things I've always talked about with bands. And, you know, to everybody out here, you know, this is crazy because this is more of like a conversation to catch up. Because Nate and I haven't seen each other in fucking... A while. Probably at least a year and a half. At least. Yeah, well, close. honestly, no. It's probably before COVID even. Because I was going to come to the release show and for the for the uh, the album and, and it never happened and it never happened you all did a live stream yeah I and that. I was there and I watched the live stream and it was fucking badass and I'm fucking in my studio like here like yeah. like watching it Man, and the fucking in the blue lights on yeah that was fun dude that was a uh, we did a dead bird. dead bird yeah man that was really 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 fun uh, and it's a couple of different angles yeah dude and I mean that was fucking perfect and for a band like you guys. I think that's great because you all are, I think, you're an immersive band. Thank you. Like, you can be, Ohm can be experienced in any way you want to experience it. I think anybody could probably listen, like, come to a show and at least like a few things we do. Dude, I get a natural high at your shows. Oh, man. And it's not because, no, like. I appreciate that. Like, it does the same thing to me, like, when I, when I smoke you know yeah. and, um, and shit like it is just like that feeling and you just get lost in it and you're just like ah, you know yeah. it's like holy fuck you know seeing you you guys at like the metal fests and shit and when it's a thousand degrees it oh, makes it God, you yeah. know it, yeah. you're already like it's, it's like sweat lot or the <laughs> sweat lot that's yes yeah, so whatever that is because <laughs> i'm already high as hell walking onto the stage from just the heat you know yeah like and then 
Holding it together during some of those fest things is kind of it's it's you're walking especially back. when you've been there all day. I know, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, you've been there all day. You've been walking back and forth to watch bands, you know, or walk back to your camp and everything. Man, if you play last, like right by the time you get, like, man, my legs are almost sore. You know, uh, I think I, the last one I played, I remember I missed a couple of pedals mainly because I was like, man, my legs are tired. You yeah. know, like really, like you know, uh, that was still. A- that was in 2019. That, that's might dude. Been. That was like holy fuck. We we played in. Hey, we actually did play in 2020. There was one in 2020 that happened. And we played it, and it was so fucking hot. Like my, we played that one. I don't we think you all did. I know we played like next. I think we were like three bands from last that that Friday night. Oh, okay, okay. And like, I remember like coming off stage and feeling like I was dead because it was so hot and it was just like you've seen me live I fucking I'm like all over the fucking place throwing down man yeah Yeah. and fucking I literally get to fucking work out in yeah you know and just like Holy fuck! And coming that out of year, I remember that because it's just like it's got a swampy feel sometimes. Yeah, especially out. like when it it had just rained like the day before, yeah. and fucking they had all those uh, wood chips and shit out in the mud, to, and it was just like all like spongy and shit. Yeah, you know I'm from there. Yeah, yeah, I got married at that exact place. Oh my god! Yeah, me and my wife got married. We did it all up. You know, went there for a couple of days. Yeah. And, uh, You're talking about Jen. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, we got married. Which there. this is a uh, okay. So let's uh, inad- uh, you know inadvertently introduce that part as well because not only is he in Ohm, he is also in what is what is her. Her name's Jen Marie. She does. She has her own thing. Uh, we have been back and forth and with a name here recently about uh, we were called Blackwater Station. Yes. And uh, recently, which is a good name. It's a great name. Um, once we had some few little bumps with it as like finding people that had been online already using that name. Ooh. And I had no clue. I'd never heard of anybody. Yeah, you're not it. really the big online guy. Yeah, I'm not a huge online guy. But well, Spotify helps. You know, you get on there and you search. If you see it on Spotify, you might as well not even use it. You think right? So we've been doing that. Well, we've been toying with a couple of cool new names. She's got an album about to come out. So I mean, you know, but it's a but it it'll be under Jen Marie. Right, but it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's different. It's not it's not metal. Yeah, it's not. It's more towards a. Uh, Singer songwriter. She there's some singer songwriter stuff. She comes from a singer songwriter background. Possible, possible there's, country. There's some of that in some of it too, but I mean, really, some of it's some dark blues. Okay, like, like it's got a bluesy side to it, but it's got a dark like everything I do has got a proggy element to it. Yeah, you know, so there's a little prog in there too. Of course, you know, I'm using like. Line six effect systems with all the shimmer keyboard effects and everything and all this going the on. The phaser, yeah, everything flange. phaser flangers, all the all the jurors. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, yeah, I love. I've always loved effects pedals. I can't get. I'm a junkie when it comes to effects. But there's a lot of that going on. But we base what it is is we base it around her vocals more instead of like looking at it from a musician's aspect of like the song. The the music's got to dominate, dominate, dominate. You know, like she does the main writing. Okay. So it's completely different. It's it's a very weird thing. Plus, you know, she's my wife. I'm in the band with her. It's definitely an odd turn because in Ohm, you know, I do a lot of the writing. Right. And in this, you know, it's her thing. She does most of the writing. It, it's 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 really cool to sit back, you know. And, take and to it. just be the yeah. guitar player. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it, it's uh, carefree in a lot of sense. I mean, it, there is a lot to, you know, where you're on the spot. 
right. about things, you know, because, you know, well, you're the guitar player, you know. <laughs> but it's like, it, it's a lot different than Ohm. Is, uh, Dave was saying, actually, we played a gig where we opened, uh, Jen's band opened. When we were like, Which was funny because of that, that show on the 20th, you're like, Jen's band could do it. And I'm yeah, like, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah, and I was like, we could do that. I was that. like, yeah. dude, you're, you're playing like... You it's, know, dark blues, yeah, tinged country. Uh, yeah, we, the thing is, is we've really started to go towards the dark blues thing more than anything. We've been writing new stuff. There's still some stuff. Dude, that would be a good name. It's the dark blues. Yeah. Man, she's got this name called, Fo- I don't want to say it because I don't want to way to take it, but it's no. really, really cool. Um, uh, and it sounds like something that would be off of like, it'd be a planet on a Star Trek show. No and I mean, shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, really cool. It's something like that. But it's like, well, like I said, we had the struggle with the name and it was like really like odd. I got put back by, I was like, I've never really like got this stuck up on a name before. Right. You know, uh, I've been in like, you know, Antikythera. That was like, I didn't. I mean, in they, that day though, yeah. when that band came out, that was some wild shit. Yeah, that was some wild shit. That was a really wild part of uh, my musical days. Like, yeah. I, well, I mean, you're coming off of fucking Callus at that point. Yeah, yeah. I had left Callus before then. I'd started with Callus and then left and you know went through my new metal phases and everything and all that and then come back up to Louisville and played. It ended up ne- they needed a guitar player. Long story short, you know, I was there at the time. Come in, I could learn the stuff pretty fast. But then, like once I really got into, the, I mean, the shit was hard, dude. I mean, like there was like yeah, going home and doing homework on riffs and stuff. Like me and Josh, look, and Timmy, all of us talk now. Like if you try to ask Chris Miller, the singer, to like do a show, he'd be like, fuck no. First thing <laughs> he'll tell, he's like, he'd love to get together and just jam and. You know, just sing and play some songs, probably. You know, get in the warehouse and just jam. But man, he's like doing the strenuous stuff, like getting on stage and playing that shit. It's a, it's a stamina contest. Yeah. You know, and you're just like it's an endurance thing, and you're just, I mean, like, I mean, riff, riff, scale, scale, riff, riff. You know, all the weird time. I mean, it was challenging. I think, I think now that album, which is wild as fuck, could hold up. I think it could hold up still to this day. Here's the thing: this is wild as fuck because, like, you know, obviously. Fucking Tony Aomi's lefty. Yeah. But then you're talking about, uh, you know, everything that you had just said um, with the, the riff, scale, scale, riff, yeah. riff, you know, and Saul being a lefty. Yeah, like him. like And and he just has this real, to me, it looks like this alien language of playing a fucking guitar. It's it's odd. Uh, Saul's got a, man, Artwork's a cool band. Uh, yeah. I've been playing with those cats. Uh, I've known Sean, their singer. He was like in the first death metal band I was ever in when, when we were in like 14 years old, you know. Like, El uh, Rocho but, is yeah, such man. a fucking great dude. Like, dude, he's a great guy. I've known him forever. But uh, like Saul. One Saul. second. So if you want to know who we're talking about, Saul and Rocho, go back to the radio days and look up the artwork for the blind episode. Um, they both come in. They don't play live. We play music uh, on the track of them. But uh, Saul and Rocho from uh, artwork for the blind, you know, Metal Forge alumni, they've been here. Yeah. They made it to the studio. Yeah, yeah. They uh, Man, my thing is... is getting- Saul works... For the man. Oh, yeah. And he could get time oh, off the track. You're going to bust me on this. No, I'm fucking with you, dude. Well, see, my, my... He's like, really, Mark? I didn't want to fucking come in. Fuck no, you. No, I hate no, being no. in I fucking was, I've public. I've been anxious about it. Basically, I mean, every, all my guys would even be here. I'd... My thing Dude, is, their schedules are so fucking it's weird. It's like every... Well, you got Joe Grudge, you know? Yeah. Like one thing. So, Josh is like three times a week doing music. So, sometimes, you know get together yeah. on the weekends you know do something like this 
you know, he'd probably, probably rather just stay at home. <laughs> no, right. He's hilarious at interviews, though. Like, man, two or three interviews we've done together, it's great. Uh, there's a really, really cool Dirt Merchant interview with him where they are trying to talk to him about his style of drums, which is like, you know, very reminiscent of Igor Cavalera. And I think that's what the guy says. And he just starts talking about hair care maintenance. And it was like... <laughs> Like I think every question, like Josh is doing that, or yeah, Dave. Josh is doing or that. Dave. No, Dave is sitting, <laughs> David. Dave is sitting there. I think it might have been the first interview we did with when we were as a band with Dave. You know, okay. And uh, I, I want to say even Dave was like we were over at NABC actually, and uh, I want to say Dave was just like what the fuck almost even he was looking even I, I was laughing. You know, it's Josh. Me and Josh had already been there and caught a couple pre beers on before the interview even started. But, yeah, he did not let up. It was just like, you know, yeah, you know, the guy's like, so your drum style, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, one time I was in New York City and I saw this kid playing on a bucket. And uh, it inspired me. So, you know, and then it goes into hair care maintenance or some shit like that. It, it's, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, what I'm getting at is I don't think they like doing interviews anyways. That's beautiful, you know. Yeah, you know what Which I'm is saying? funny because Dave has his own podcast. Well, Dave would come in here. but Dave actually is the guy. Dave got a new dog. Oh yeah, and he's got like it's pretty high maintenance, you know. Like at the moment, you know, it's you know new dog to the house, a pretty young dog, I'm pretty sure too. And uh, you know, he has to spend a lot of time with the doggy. But we've been writing like, Ohm has been writing like crazy, and I'm pretty sure hopefully by before winter or by winter we get to go in the studio and start putting down some tracks for something. You know, it's just getting everybody to you know again you know get all that time together after we've written and written and written and. Making the time and getting in the studio and getting it done. Definitely. And, you know, that's what it's all about, dude, is I've always said that content is king. And I think it's fucking awesome to sit there and just, you know, do the thing. Yeah, we'll sit there and play and play. We jam. That's the thing. It's like we play and jam and jam on it for a year or so before we'll go in the studio. You know? Right. It seemed... it. I want to say when they did the last album, Colots, I can that the... You know, available two, online at Bandcamp. Yeah, two years. Like, you know, we had played those songs. We went in there and there was maybe one song we were still unsure about and we hashed it out like as soon as we got in the studio. Right. But I mean, it was very quick and I kind of prefer that because it's not cheap to go to a good studio, you know. No, Time it's is money, you know. Yeah. So, and you don't want to be like the what everybody talks about, oh, you're writing in the studio. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I want to go in and get it done, you know. Yeah. I've because done all, you know, I've done all the writing but, at the warehouse. <laughs> right, right. I, I, yeah. I've, I've been there. Yeah. I used to. I used to be there too. Yeah, that place is awesome. Yeah, a lot of good songs written there. Yeah, for sure. And then the, you know the other side did that weird thing, like they they had the, a computer recycling plant. Yeah, which was really odd, and, and it, it was a cool up, setting for a little while. You know, the yeah, but the weird lady that not. Not the one that's there now, if she's still there. There's nobody. I I know everybody's in there, and there's like maybe three or four people there now. Oh no the the uh, the um, what's the the owner's name is Mickey. Oh yeah, good old Mickey. M- Mickey's sister. Teresa. Oh yeah, man. I remember. Her. <laughs> hey, honey, you got the rent. She I sounds remember. like fucking. She like, sounds like fucking. What's the thing? Batman. What's the thing in Total Recall in his stomach, sort of? Oh, uh. Kuato. Kuato. Kuato lives. Do you have the ring? Dude, I told fucking Todd. <laughs> <laughs> God love Todd. Um, I told Todd that the next name of the, the next Overload album is going to be called Kuato Lives. 
Dude, <laughs> you've got to do it now. I know, right? Man, have you seen the deep fakes that have been going on with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. Oh, they've got an elf recall where they yeah. need to. Oh, man. I mean, it's. I lost my shit and had to watch the one with Austin Powers like 10 times over. Dude, over. my my favorite one is where they put his face over fucking Kate Winslet in Dude, fucking Titanic. I want and you to like, draw me, Jack. Like one of your French, French girls. girls. Wearing this. <laughs> Only this. <laughs> yeah. It's so good, man. Like, I lost it. Yeah, dude showed it to me at work, man. And I'm sitting there. And I think Todd was, I was like, Todd, have you seen this shit, man? You know, like, I was on it for a couple of days. And, and, and God love Todd. You know, he, he probably has not seen it. And the only reason why is because he's not a Facebooker. And he's he, still got a flip phone, man. Yes. Which is awesome. I'm Do like, you know That's the reason why? Bro. Why? Do, Are we going to talk shit about Todd right no, now? Right. No. No. We're not going to go into. I bet he thought we were going to say something about him. Yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> I bet he did. Right. Keep him in suspense. Ha, right. ha, ha, he, ha. I mean, he's not listening to this on a flip phone. Like, yeah, he's definitely not listening to it. Hey, Todd, shut up and make me a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dude. Go give me some pickles. The funniest joke in the world is what he had told me that he, that he told your dad. Oh, yeah, man. About... The closest he ever came to fucking a pig was jerking off with bacon grease. Oh, man. That's pretty... You know, the weird thing is... I'm so grossed out by food and, like, touching anything like that. I mean, like, that's so gross to really? me. Really? Yeah, man. It's so weird to me. Like, you know what? I people, mean, like... You know, people are like, you oh, have, a little like, whipped cream. the weirdest shit in your videos. I know, man, but I am not into, like, that. I was like, food shit makes me get real weird. Like, if like, you, if you, you poured mustard maggot, on my arm, I would you probably You all had, puke. like, the... Like the the, like the wolf thing, right? Oh, yeah, that was de- decomposing in time lapse, being eaten by maggots. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, man. I mean, like, that dude did that stuff and it looked cool. You got to understand, like, half this shit, I'll be completely honest. It was honest like with real you. shit. Yeah, it so, wasn't digital. Yeah, like, he just did it. And well, and I'm also, I'm turned around on stage and I'm looking forward at people. So there's a bunch of stuff sometimes that at first that I didn't see. I was like, yeah, yeah, here's the new video. Throw it on. Bam, I'm playing, right? So I just see it and, you know, I'm seeing people's face. And then I'm like, is going on behind me you know? <laughs> Dave turned around one day and he's like dude he's like I just turned around he's like there was a tit right there he was like it wasn't like porno or nothing he's like but there was just a tit yeah and I was like well you're talking about like fight club shit like where you just clip a penis right there in for a second he's like no it was on there for <laughs> a good minute a good, you could tell it was a tit and I was like oh we're gonna have to start screening this shit you know <laughs> I, like, I don't know what's gonna be on here you know but you know I think the thing that uh, really turned me on to you guys was like I said, being an immersive band where you could you can get into it on another level. Like you feel the moment, the the mood. It's it's all individual, of course, because we're all people. But like, it allows you to like cut free. I guess. Yeah, it's very. I, the idea that I had on it was and that, and was time that. goes by like so crazy. Yeah. Because I remember fucking like. You told me one time at going into a show, you're like, "Yeah, we're only doing four songs and we're playing 45 minutes." Yeah, I'm like, "Holy shit, sign me the fuck yeah. up!" That's and, how it's like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's just awesome, you know, that you played four fucking songs and played 45 fucking minutes. I did that one time. It's like, not easy, man. No, it's, it's not, and and only the strong survive. Yeah. That album is like 40 minutes. 
and, and it's just, four fucking songs. Yeah, they're all they all flow fucking together. There's multiple parts and shit. I channeled my inner Nate. Um, get your prog, you know. That, yeah, get your prog on. Get your prog concept album on. I love that shit, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, one of the other things I want to ask you about is like you've also been around. You've yeah. you've played with some interesting bands in your day. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have never seen the picture of pulling the mask up and puking off the side of the stage. Oh man! Uh, when when you were filling in for a guitar player. Oh, uh, that was yeah. Oh man! Can, can we mention them? We can mention them. I mean, you're not bound by any kind of like NDA or anything, are you? Well. All right, I'll talk about that. That comes up. I won't get into that side because basically that's a completely other thing in this. But I did because yeah. I know, dude, Red Hat dude is a dick. No, he's a. I'll go into this like that. He's one of the, actually the nicest guys I've ever had anything to do with musically. But he's very, very serious and very stern. And yeah, that was a. I was sick as fuck. That was really like really wasn't like, nerves, was it? Yeah. Probably had a lot to do with nerves, that, that, you know. That, those those three thousand seat venues that they were oh they crazy. Were There's crazy shit, dude. When you the, the pressure of being around, even being around a band like that is enough as it is, man. I mean, and then you put yourself in a situation where you're exposed to, to anything like that magnitude. Uh, before I even got involved with them, I was throwing up before I even was in L.A. near them in a studio. Okay. It was just nerves. Like, I was a young kid. And, yeah. Yeah, and nerves had a lot to do with uh, you probably, probably a lot of my... That's been about, what, 20 years 20 ago? 20 years. You know, that's funny that you mentioned that because this keeps coming up here, like, on the internet, like, on guys that I've been watching because I love YouTube, right? Right. I'm, uh, and I'm really... Which is li- funny because you you're you don't... I don't do social media You don't do none of the social media and when you did, you no. know... I used to, but I just, it never was my thing even really much back then. No. I just, it'd become a thing where I had to keep up with, but I love YouTube and uh, all these guys that review gear, much like kids do toys, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It, I compared it to the same thing. Cause I saw my little nephew like watching one of the toy things where the kids get to open it up. Dude, just, I watch toy review shit. Well, see, you know what I'm saying? Well, the guys are doing it with gear too. So you've seen yeah. that. Sure. Oh yeah. I, I'm yeah. like, I've got the weirdest fucking YouTube. Uh, I'm views. sure my, yeah, mine's probably odd mine, too. Yeah. Mine settled between cheesy eighties fucking trash music. Music, like got my mindset on you and shit like that. Uh, thrash, yeah, blacksmithing and, and like tool work shit, yeah, um, like restoration type shit. Um, fucking b- music videos, music gear, and fucking toys. Oh yeah, I mean, that's, oh and food I mean, eat. And I'm a fat fuck. I like mean, that's most not people, too. I got some food guys on mine too, man. Randy I mean, Santel, yeah, Atlas and Atlas Entertainment, Cowboy Kent Rawlings. Oh Kent yeah, Rawl. Cowboy Kent Rawlings. Yeah, man, he's awesome. He's I love like, watching this and stuff. then you're gonna take this a hash and knife yeah. and chop it up kind of finely like this. Yeah, I'm like frontier shit. No, man. Duke. Yeah. No, no, get the Duker away from the table. <laughs> I didn't see it on his show, but I did see uh, Riffs Gear and Beards uh, is a thing on YouTube. It's really cool. I want to say it's the guy from Dragged Under. Uh, and I started watching him because of the Helix systems that I got into. And um, uh, 
it linked me to a couple of channels or a couple YouTube channels or whatever. And he come up and had a thing that had something on West Borland and uh, then started, they started talking about the myth of all of that whole ordeal. Yeah. Because he like, was probably like one of the first real fucking like digital board users. Yeah, he was. He pioneered all that stuff as far as I'm concerned is like for metal dudes and showing that you can do it and make it work. Him and Devin Townsend kind of yeah. made me really flow. At least Just as well as Zappa did it in the 70s with the real fucking stomp box shit. Yeah. Yeah. But he got a, he got to touching on that and like he had a guy on there that talked about going to do the auditions, you know, and and started talking about the put your guitar where your mouth is shit and I was like he just sounded real butt hurt, really honestly, and started talking about the whole ordeal and how horrible it was. And I went through exactly the same thing that guy did. And then a month later, they flew me to Los Angeles, and I played music with them. I put, I worked my ass off when I went and did my initial audition. I played interesting stuff, you know, you know, improvised well with them, got to jam with the band, and then I thought it was going to be bullshit too, just like everybody else said. But then a month later, you know, they called me and had me down there, but. This guy gets on risk gear and beards, and he's talking all this shit about it. And I'm like, dude, I mean, like, I'm like, I went there, you know, I played with them, you know, I, I was in a studio setting with them. They were really nice guys. They were really prof- professional. There was, and there were a couple other dudes that they, I mean, some badass guitar players. I mean, before I'd went down there, I mean, Paige Hamilton had been in there. No shit. Yeah, Buckethead had been in there. Jay Younger had been in there. I mean, like Damn. they they had auditioned some heavy dudes. You know, they were they were really trying out some some good dudes. The guy they landed on, great man. Mikey is an amazing. I don't know if you ever liked Snot, but I loved Snot when they as soon as they first come out. You know, I am not like up up to uh, I I can't lie about it. You know, because I've no never really. I've only heard a couple of songs. Yeah. I've never been an active Snot listener. I they're one of the bands on the list. You know, yeah. I need to need yeah, to check give them out. Check out. They're, well, I mean, they didn't have many albums because their singer died. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, shortly after they kind of come up. But man, back in the nineties, they were opening for a lot of bands like Soulfly. Yeah. and shit. You know, and we're all Sepultura fans, so we got to see a good dose of Snot and got into them. Mm-hmm. They're really weren't cool. they on an Ozfest? Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're they're really really like. Just driving, punkish almost vibe, but metal, you know, like yeah. sort of like System had that, that. Those were the heavy bands back then. They had that whole punk vibe. Almost. Dude, talk about a band. System, oh, you know, man. things yeah. are, like System is that deal where like I was first introduced to them on an Ozfest video. Yeah, and like, and that was well before fucking like, you know fucking toxicity and all of that fucking all the hits <laughs> yeah all the hits that they had had yeah yeah the first album i guess it just the, i mean like fucking surge had no he had like a big fro he had no fucking facial hair at the time yeah i think the guitar players from like strats and stuff it was like yeah. a completely different thing yeah we've seen them on ozfest that's when i first ever heard yeah that them. was like 96 or 97 seven, or some seven. shit it was like them tools seven dust like, yeah i mean like there was like seven dust was really good back then i don't know if you had ever gotten into them but man they're oh yeah they they had a really cool thing going on with all those i bands, saw seven dust in at jillian's with filter Dude, I like Filter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the industrial kind of shit. Yeah, Richard Patrick's got it fucking going on. Yeah. Dude, yeah, and then so I many, saw the I weird... Whole, yeah, the horror stories people say about him. Is that what you was about to say? The Guns for Hire? Have you seen that? No, but no, I was going to say... And then I saw them again at fucking Freedom Hall on the weirdest fucking tour ever. 
What, what was this? It was the uh, the Jim Beam Rock the Rack House tour. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, really. it was fucked up. And the fucking people who were on this tour was fucking Filter, Hank Third. Oh, I like Hank Third. Yeah, Shelly's good. Montgomery Gentry. What the fuck? And Nickelback. And it was Please just. Please tell me that's the show that he walked off and you got to see that, right? No, oh, I didn't get to see that. Fuck, that would have been that, great. No, that was actually in fucking uh, Brazil or some shit. Oh, man. Um, but no. Hey, they're metalheads in Brazil. I'm yeah, sure they probably weren't about that shit. No. <laughs> I mean. But that was like Silver Side Up was just about. It, it had just came out. Like How You Remind Me was like really big at the time. That's not a bad one, you know, I guess. Y- yeah, I mean, that's like the the. The breakthrough album for yeah. them, I think. Yeah, they had this song called "Leader of Men" back in the day, or yeah. something like that. And I remember hearing that that was on the radio, like back in fuck what ninety six or seven. Yeah, like and I remember hearing that them and Oleander and all them bands had kind of been big, but you know, it's like fastball. Cool. Yeah, well, I mean, there Mad was some, there was guys Center, Mad right? Season. I liked Mad Season pretty good. I'm a, the refreshments. The refreshments. That song they sing about like. The Banditos song, yeah, is the shit. That whole <laughs> I thing, love that song to too. give your ID card to the Porter Guard. It says something about being John Luke Picard. Yeah, uh, I'm just you like, know they're the same band that does, does the King of the, the Hill, Hill thing. I didn't know that until I got. Well, we've been watching that new like Star Trek shit. I don't know. I'm not really a sci-fi nerd, but I love Patrick Stewart's voice. It's like Morgan Freeman or something to me, man. I just like the it's soothing, you know. And uh, I, if you I, weren't I, such a fucking like crazy motherfucker you could probably do the fucking radio thing i probably you've could. got the voice for it man. Like, yeah but man i'll be t- i'd be way on the twos instead of subtle i'd be way too you know yeah you would be you would come you would be like whiskey I'd be like louie you you'd know? be whiskey nate. yeah <laughs> you'd be, be crazy, whiskey you know? nate on the Whis- on the radio <laughs> you know nah. and fucking where you're just fucking raging yeah liver liver damage from hell nah i mean i, I love all my buddies that do radio and i don't know how you guys like hang with that scene if you have to get into that part of it because man some of the radio guys I've hung out with are fucking wild, man. They're I mean, crazy, dude. They're just We're, as wild as any of the rock stars, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, because you know, yeah, it's it's the uh, it's the fucking thing. We're we're the other side of it. Yeah, I was interviewed by Mud <laughs> twice. I love I love Mud. He's great. He's the nicest guy. He interviewed he, me twice. His his look. Does, does not it does know. not it's off-putting because you're sitting there and, and he's like well, okay. when you first by, by, by the second one I was used to him you know? <laughs> right yeah but you know like when I first met him you know I just heard him on the radio a bunch and then you know I sit down with him and we start doing this interview and I'm just like dude this is just not what I had him at you know what I'm saying I the voice you know and I was like you're so like commercial even in person I thought that was just Mike shit you know yeah. like he was like he kind of reminds he me he was mud all the fucking time you know well like, he kind of reminds right. me when he's off air he's very mild mannered he's like Gus Fring yeah. in Breaking Bad yeah hello sir yeah. Would you like to submit it to our online server? Yeah. You know, and but he, he's got the voice for radio. He's born for it. Oh yeah, he like, does, and he and he's crazy, and he and he tells off air. He tells great fucking stories yeah. about it. I never got to hang out with him too much, but I mean, he did. He, hey, I did an interview with him one time, and we were just sitting there chilling out, and he's like, "You got any concerts coming around? You might want to see or something like that." And I was like, "Blah blah blah." And he's sitting there, and he started going through some stack of tickets there, and I think it was like a perfect circle or something like that. And <laughs> and like, he just going, gave he, he's like, "Here you go. Here's two tickets, man." And I was like, 
fuck yeah, bro. Dude, you know? I remember those like, days. Like, yeah, dude, I remember. I mean, Scott and all them. You know, Louis. You know, we'd hang out with Louis. Oh, and all yeah. them. It was always cool. I was like, man, I was like, my radio buddies party hard, dude, and always got tickets to shows. Yeah, I, I saw a bunch of killer shows on that account. You know, dude, fucking my first uh, like big concert I went to, big. Yeah, was the Brewery Thunderdome. Oh God, I remember that. And it was fucking social distortion. Wow. And the fucked up thing about it is, is like, I got the tickets because I called the fucking station, the fucking, you know, 971-9300 fucking yeah. the phone number. I still remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, where are the cool parties at? And you're like, hey, we come down to the station. I'll give you some fucking tickets. And he's like, be here tomorrow. And I fucking got them. Is that station still in the same place? Yes. Man, I go by there sometimes and just that turn when you get off, uh, what is it, Newburgh or whatever. Newburgh to Bishop. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, like, I'm always just like, almost instinctively sometimes, I'm like, man, it's, it's got to still be there, you know? Yep. And uh, part of my life, man, I loved that radio station. They were they were Right great. there by the J, the JCPS building. <laughs> yeah, man. They closed that night's end down, I'm pretty sure, right down the road for some shit. Once. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> some bad shit. It's, a bit, it's pretty rough around there, but. Hey, man, it's Louisville. You know, it's crazy. Newburgh is a little bit of a rough town. It's a little rough. I, I mean, I love Louisville. I mean, I had to get the fuck out, obviously. But, I mean, I still, I mean, I'm up here. Through You're the a mountain man now, though. Yeah, man. But I think you've always been. I, I, well, yeah, but I've always, you know, I'm from London. I've always liked, you know. Kentucky. 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 Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, we, we live He's out there. not from London, England. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, London, Kentucky, uh, sorry, all my, that's a my UK accent. friends. That's, Don't turn off the well, show We now. have a UK, too, though. That's the thing. And that throws people off so much, man. Because if I was in the wrong conversation, they totally think that. Just yeah, like, right. No, I'm from London, you know, near UK. You know, like, no, London, Kentucky, near University of Kentucky in Lexington. Yeah. Because like, that's the only thing, proximity. What about an hour? Richmond. You know, you get to Richmond, you're talking like two and a half hours from here to there, man. I mean, it's like out and like when you get to town. Yeah, when you play the fucking Holler of Doom or you play fucking Mountains of Metal out in London, Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm, way the fuck I'm out on there. another mountain even over from that. I'm so close to the gorge, you know, and that's like even then it's like an hour and a half. My daughter still lives in London, so when I leave out from like where I live now on the farm, you know, I get out and it's like it's still an hour and a half, hour forty minutes, even to get to London. I mean, it's dug in. It's pretty cool. I like it, you know. But it's 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 about a forty five minute trip to town. You want me to do it right? Yeah. He's dug in like an Alabama tech, like a tech. Like <laughs> hey man, fucking love, uh, the nerds out there know what that is. Oh yeah, they'll know. Fucking Jesse Ventura. And oh Predator. yeah, man. I love him, man, and I love that movie. I actually watched. All of them over after Prey came out, man. Cause oh, I, yeah. I Prey thought, is great. Prey's badass. It was a great way to re... Well, not reimagining, just a great way, to, another part of it, Another I guess. prequel, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Prey really did it right, where, yeah. like, I think Prometheus did, but then they, I think they dropped the ball on Covenant. Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. I think Prey Covenant's that, got good parts. Yeah, I like Covenant. I, I'm, Especially I'm, when it beca- when the when the xenomorph morphs again and it's the black one at the end. Yeah. Well, see, I'm a, sorry. Spoiler alert. Oh, if you ain't seen it, man. No, it's uh, to me though. Like Prey, man, it jerked you off in every way. Yeah, yeah. they gave you everything. The Even pistol. Right, the, the pistol. When they did the pistol, I was like, boom. Me and her were watching it, and I was like, oh, oh. You know, I got all pumped you up know, about it. The thing about that to me... I love me, that shit. <laughs> oh, me too. And the thing about that to me is, like, they took so good care with doing that stuff that, like, yeah, true fans are going to know. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, me and you knew. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, That's just, like, all of the... Um, 
the uh, the shit like with uh, Terminator. Yeah, you know, I know all that lore and everything. Yeah, Terminator. Which is great, did you had, have you heard the conspiracy theory about that? Mm, about the no. Terminator being the prequel to the Matrix. I've not heard that, but that's an interesting because you know, like, outlook. I don't you know, know the, uh, essentially, uh, John Connor is Jesus, and oh. he's year year zero when he's born. Man, the stuff people are year think one of, dude. when he's born, and like you know, because Cyberdyne takes over, or Skynet does. Skynet, yeah. Uh, Skynet takes over, and all that shit. And then what is the Matrix? But plugging into the machine, huh? That's pretty cool, man. If they could make that like cross over into each other, somehow, that would be. So, that, it's AVP versus. Oh, they'll get that in there too, can't they? Right? I mean, right? Yeah. No, I mean, what the fuck? Hey, man? those are some guilty pleasure movies. Hey, Dark Horse was doing it, man. They brought together that like Predator versus like Alien shit. You know what anybody. my favorite fucking rendition is, and this is the truth, and I have a copy, and I will show it to you. It's Predator versus Archie. Oh, oh. <laughs> of course that has to exist. Of course. <laughs> Man, of weird comics. Yeah, I've seen some weird shit. I've been looking for an odd Batman comic book for years, man, called Freaks. And it's it's set in, like, I guess the 30s. It goes that back in it. And it, it come out in the 90s, probably about 98, something like that. And it yeah. was come out as, like, a six-issue series. Man, I can't find that shit anywhere. It's like... Dude, it was I like it was a one-off. One. Yeah. Uh, this is like the Mandela effect thing here. It might not be. Yeah, it may not be real. Yeah, like you know the Berenstein Bears. <laughs> That's that shit. still fucks with my head, man. Me too. But like, I remember going through a friend of mine's comic collection when I was like eight or nine years old, because she would, you know, she would let us, you know, yeah. and just you can't take them out of the plastic, but you can, you look, can look at them. You yeah. can look at them, yeah. And like, I remember seeing. Uh, a picture of a Batman comic where it's the bat suit mm-hmm. empty laying on the pavement with blood all in it. Yeah. And I have never been able to find that comic ever hmm. since. See, I don't even know if I can remember. I mean, yeah, it may be something like that. And I that. don't know if it was a detective comic. I don't know if it was a Batman comic you yeah. know because he had the two lines well yeah there was a now few there's like 14 lines oh there's a ton there was a few growing back then i mean batman was my thing for a while i still love i still think one of the best stories that they've done recent in recent times is damned yeah i mean have you seen have you been watching any of the stuff that they put out on the animation any like they no man they've been getting the really, killing the killing joke was the last one that, that was I pretty saw. good I yeah, mean, but they're man, they've got that and the whole collection now. I don't know if you're a streamer or anything, but you know, we'll you, see. When you say the animation, the, you know, the animation to me, yeah, is the animated series. Well, yeah, of course, that's you know, that's the you know what the, what do they call that the pillar of it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they really which uh, one? the first which one? Uh, not uh, okay. The one all the way up until the new adventures of Batman and Robin. Okay, okay. Cuz the animation there for a while stayed the same as the animated series and then it changed to the Justice League animation. Yeah, and this what year was that one? Like 94. Is that the one with Alex Winters doing Joker's voice? Yes. Dude, that's awesome. I remember that shit. That was great. That was actually what got me started on watching comic book he, like hero movies, you know, cuz mm-hmm. I wasn't really into that. I ended up getting me into Japanime a little bit too, which, you know, 
that was like very short lived. But yeah, I I love all of the Batman animated movies that I've been seeing. Oh, Sub Zero, dude. Those like <clears throat> uh, Phantasm, Mask of the Phantasm, <clears throat> and uh, uh, Sub Zero are great. Great mm-hmm. movies. And see, Sub-Zero actually has the just the new Justice League animation. Oh, Sub-Zero? Sub- yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Man, things have changed. It's been a while, man. Yeah, because so Sub-Zero came out in like 99. Huh. Man, I'm way behind on that shit. They just started over that new universe thing a little bit, and I've been trying to read some of those. Which comics. is, yeah, oh, you're talking about the new 52 yeah, series? it's like weird to me, man. Yeah, because the only person who was not... Uh, it's basically Flashpoint is what it is. Yeah. I stopped on it. Like I was coming to Lobo and couldn't do it, man. The only the only person who was not affected in that whole fucking thing is Batman. Hmm. The only fucking comic lines that were not affected in the new fifty two series was Batman. It was comic. Batman. Yeah, because I read Because the, the new fifty two Green Lantern and and dude, you gotta think when you when you're in a, like this is the prog side of comic in in my opinion. <laughs> Is when you have a multi-faceted fucking storyline playing out in all of your fucking comics. Yeah. Green Land, like Civil War was. Oh, yeah, like it's just growing and connecting. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, and it's like the X-Men and Spider-Man and the Avengers and the the Hulk, the Thunderbolts. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Yeah, and this whole multifaceted fucking like storyline that you've got to tell over fucking like 97 comics. Oh yeah, it's insane. Well, they started doing like X-Men back in the 90s did this thing called the Extinction Agenda series and they crossed it over New Mutants and it was the end of New Mutants. It was the last time they did it It turned into X-Force or I think it was X-Force after that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and uh, yeah, it was the one where you know Cable was like running shit and everything after that. But anyways, New Mutants, man. Anyways, they did a whole crossover series, this Extinction Agenda. I ended up actually writing an own song after one of the places in it called Genosha. Yeah, and they got a song called Genotion, and it come from that. And that was my most memorable crossover series. Was reading that because you know they enslave all the mutants. They really get that William Stryker thing going on in it. Yeah, you know, yeah, It's yeah. like them and Mojo is in it. They take them to Mojo World and like they've got control over. I've always thought Mojo was the ugliest fucking comic book. He's got to be a bitch. To, he's got to be a bitch to draw. Yeah, you know that's a one thing. And it's like I remember I, I never got into Mojo much. That was the only series where I got into Mojo because I loved X Men so much, you know. And I, I like New Mutants a lot. Yeah, um, but um, I mean. Like Mojo to me, I was always had to have respect. Like Venom, you know, it's I was like that's got to be a hard cost. Oh yeah, because Venom, you know, yeah. he's not black. He's yeah. blue. It's he's blue. Sheen. That's a sheen thing. Yeah, going it's on the there. sheen thing. And that like, shade work, man. Now, I mean, that's some... I'm glad you brought that up because, like, to me, you know, there's very there's two very distinct Venoms. You know, there's the original, the McFarlane. The McFarlane, yeah. Yeah, and the way McFarlane does Venom. But then again, there's, like, the Bagley Venom. Yeah. Which I, you know. Which is more, like, I guess it's almost hawkish in a sense to me, almost. Yeah. Well, he, he, he... Portrays that side of Venom more is what it yeah, is. Yeah, the the because he's not bad with the elasticity and shit and everything like that. He does a pretty good job on it, but McFarlane just ruined me. Oh that yeah, basically what happened. I got so used to seeing Spider Man with like skinny shins, and then every one of his villains being the same thing and shit like that. And he did it in New Mutants a lot too, but 
that now that like I, it's not so much them but Spider-Man when I watch Spider-Man movies now if he doesn't have that weird contrast going on somehow in it yeah. I'm like thrown off almost because I'm like yeah he's got to be this weird like yeah you know, and I think they did that amazingly with the Tom Holland stuff uh, yeah they did they pulled that off and I noticed that I picked up on that I'm like they're really making him look in the CG stretched out like the uniform looks mm-hmm. you know in it, which is pretty cool um, I, I love the McFarland stuff Fuck, McFarland was in a Levi's commercial when I was a kid or something, drawing like cable or something in one of them. That's great. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like, I, but he's like a household name for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, there are a couple of things he did that I was like, you know, but I got into Which like, is funny because if you notice that Spawn's not like that. Yeah, I mean. There's it, parts that are, but not like, not like the fucking Marvel Spider-Man series. He chills out a little bit on it, I think. Well, I mean, Youngblood stuff was like a little, like, kind of like, I think his release point on that, I think. Is that, was that, no, was that, was that, no, that's not Todd. That's not him? No, he did something uh, else in Image, I thought, and then it was real, like, crazy, like, um, what was that? The Max? That's Sam Keith, ain't it? Sam Keith is the yeah. max. Yeah. But I thought he got it. Well, well, maybe it's the cape in Spawn or something. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Like, I could see he was getting it out in the art somewhere through there. Like yeah. That. Yeah. But, you know, which is awesome because I used to love that show of the max. On I love MTV. it from the oddities. Yeah. yeah I man. love that. And one of the awesome fucking, uh, uh, of course, it was a great comic series, like a one-off. Was uh, but it never finished. They pulled it like halfway through yeah. because of the pandemic, and it was a uh, Batman and the Max. No shit. Yeah, I never even. I'd never heard of that even. Yeah, I and it's got to, and it's out, like dude. the Max fucking artwork. <sighs> really? Yeah, I've got to check that out, dude. I've got that. I've still got that VHS from MTV Oddities somewhere. That's awesome. Like, I'm, it can't work anymore, but man, I probably wore it out. But I loved that, and I was huge. I had the all of the Max comics. I even had the graphic collection forever. I was hugely obsessed with that show. Plus, plus the other show that come on on Oddities. What was it? I'm uh, fucking the head. Yeah, that was awesome. And yeah. his head would open up, and the alien Roy would jump out and shit. <laughs> like, MTV was so fucking cool, man. Back then, I keep I tell my daughter that all the time. I'm like, you have no idea because you came along during the real world era of MTV really taking over. Yeah, I was the, like, the fucking all the reality shows and shit. Like, yeah, dude. I was like, I'm trying to watch TV to get the fuck away from reality. Why do you keep putting stupid? That's not reality, anyways. In right. my opinion, but you know, who the fuck wants to see that shit? You know, I, yeah, if it's like, you know, prairie dogs and shit and like, you know, rhinos, I'm cool with that. I like animals. I don't want to watch people because I'm trying to get the fuck away from people, to be honest. You know, at least people like that. I don't want to be on a reality show. I'm sure you don't want to be on a reality show. No, definitely yeah. not. So, dude, we've been, uh, this is going to be, I think we're going to have to cut the interview here. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably need to get the fuck out. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, um because we've been talking for two hours here. Oh, hell yeah. Well, yes. we, got, we got some content, as it, they say. It, I mean, no, this will be the whole deal. This is this is awesome. Oh, yeah. But because this is airing on March 17th mm-hmm. today, um, you all are playing March 17th. Yes, yes. So let's talk about this. Let's actually fucking rein it in here for all a right, minute. Right. Do some own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to promote stuff. this show on this day. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm a plan of the tapes. That's in prayer line. Uh, it's, I mean, it's St. Patty's Day. It should be pretty crazy, man. It'll be packed. Yeah. And that is a small place. I heard. I have not been there yet. I know Dude, Sheila you need and her husband. And I, I mean, I've, I've been meaning to get there. Actually, my buddy actually made the tables there. 
But uh, well, yeah, and one of your other buddies is involved with yeah. the show. Yeah, but I mean, listen, I'm gonna say something about this right now. I'm we're trying to pull off a cover that I, I mean, I don't, I mean. It's supposed to be, I'm sure he, they probably read the movie Secret. I'm Is it La Via Strinigato? No. God, we cannot ever do that. So, I mean, we, we can get up to the middle of it. And <laughs> but um, uh, honestly, I don't know who the fuck all is involved in this show. Because um, I just heard about, you know, like, Dave come up to me. And he's just like, oh, it's a show playing to the tapes. I'm like, yeah, Sheila's place. And I was like, then it was like, I don't know if we could play it. Something like that. Something come up. I didn't think we was playing this. And I was like, okay, we're playing it. And I'm like, well, who do I get a hold of about info about the show, you know? Uh, because I wanted to know, and Dave was taking care of it. Eventually, you know, it's one of those things we found out and communicated a little better. Harry, I took care of it. Really? God, <laughs> man. And it's just like one of those. But I'm, I'm pumped about that show, actually. I'm going to be there. I know. Uh, because. I figured you'd be there, at least. Well, I mean, yeah, I got to support Homeboy. Well. Fucking, you know. That's what gonna, it is. Well, I mean, I was like, Todd's coming, so I know you ain't going to be playing the Overload show. Nope. So, you know, no, we're not. You should come out, man. Well, hell yeah. yeah. And it's a tiny little place. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it. I love going there. It, I, I went to, the last time I was there, I was there for an art show, a cold 40. Uh, so many awesome fucking art artists there. I got some pretty cool pieces. Got some resin cast stuff that's... Yeah. Pretty fucking cool. But yeah, I mean, I love it. And, you know, in the very next week, fucking Art Sanctuary. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm pumped to play it. I like. Uh, I wish you all could play that show. Too bad Dave was Dude, on, Dave's that, on vacation. I know. He's on vacation. And then the, actually, we had another show coming up here recently, you know, uh, and Atomic Bitch Wax or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they're supposed to be coming around town. And uh, somebody asked us about that show. And I was like, oh, man, I'd love to have played it, you know. And I was like, well, we got to be out of town. So it's like, it's like I said, even people think, like, oh, you got a three piece band. You know, it's got to be easier with the schedule. And I was like, oh, no. man, everybody's always no, doing something. I'm in a three piece band. Yeah, you know. I mean, everybody's always doing something, you know. It's, yeah. And they know the. It, that's one thing I was like. I always try to keep it to three piece or four piece bands because it's easy. It's, it's it's as easy as it's gonna get to deal with somebody. Yeah. You know. Except so, when she was just playing with an acoustic guitar for a while, I was like, when my, she being my wife, I was like, man, it's just so easy. You just gotta show up and have a guitar. I was like, but then again, it's got to be also so scary because it's just you and the and guitar. guitar. And I was just like, man, it's like you know, the support of a band behind you makes you feel. Well, I shot him. Yeah. You know. Look, <laughs> luckily, day. she's good at it. I mean, yeah, I could never be put on the spot and do Dude, that shit. There's I know. no way. There's like, no way. I've tried to do acoustic shows, and I I don't know what it is about being in the band. Yeah. I don't know if it's like it's a security blanket, man. Totally. It really is. I mean, I mean, it's the best way you can put it. I mean, it's like having three. Three girlfriends at a time, you know, or having a relationship. I'm like pretty that. sure you've probably yeah. done that. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, whatever, you know. <laughs> younger days. You that's know. A, that's on. A, I was a different guy back then. No, I'm married. Story, I'm, I'm a wholesome man. I've been domesticated now. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's what does like, he say? He's like, but that's a different. That's story. A, that's a whole different story. My together. mama's still alive. We won't tell that yet. <sighs> but uh, I mean, it's it's you really got to do a relationship. You know, kind of look at it like that. Yeah, you know? I mean, because you never because know, man. I mean, I know I'm shift. hard to deal with. I mean, that's one thing. I'm like, my I love Josh and Dave. They are. I can't believe they put up with me for 13 years almost now, you know, because I'm pretty, really? I'm pretty difficult and demanding. Are, you, are we sure it's only 13 years? <clears throat> I think it's 13 years. Dude, that's 2010. Then it's 14, 2009. 
Really? I think 2000. I thought it was I, I more think, like 2006, 2007. I think officially it's 2008. Like, you know, we've okay. been pitching it around and stuff. Be- like, I had been messing around and writing for a while. But, I mean, at earliest it would be 2008 because I was like, after I'd come off the road touring and stuff, I was, it was the first thing I did was start playing with Josh okay. and writing these songs. We didn't. Have so, a, 15 years. Probably about 14, 15 years. Same lineup, too, which is amazing. Because, see, Overload's in 07. Yeah, man. I mean, and fucking. Yeah, because you guys were yeah you're doing it when i was in anikathera yeah so i mean y'all been around a while dude. yeah that's so, saying so 07 to fucking you know that's fucking, keep on trucking man yeah it's fucking a long time it's dude. a long haul i mean that says something man i mean you know, these guys you know like i said i've known josh forever he's just stuck with me and you know at this point dave's just stuck with me now too you know because you know no matter what if any of us ever even thought of the idea of being like oh, i don't know man you know nathan's kind of fucking up this guy's kind of fucking up. There can't be no thinking like that even really. No. It can't be anything without all three of us. Exactly. And it, I mean, and it's come to be a thing like that. And I think it's healthy for a band to, you know, have a love-hate thing sometimes, you know. Like, it keeps the passion going. It know? does. And I think it's interesting, too, <clears throat> because, like, you know, you're all in the moment to sit there and be like, hey, um, I can't do this, or... What do you think and what do you think? It's like, oh, I think we should. I think we should. Okay, well then, okay, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, it's super simple to fix. And it, it's, Yeah, it, well, it's easy to definitely make decisions. Yeah. That's one thing, especially in that situation. The fact that I get to go and stay like a lot on the farm probably helps too. Because, you know, we'll be taking weeks or so, sometimes a month or more mm-hmm. of breaks, you know. And, you know, I think once you get the creative juices built up before you get them flowing can sometimes be a good thing. Oh, for sure. You know, you take, you know, it's good. Yeah. yeah, and you know, getting the the stuff out there that you know where you can just sit and write for two fucking months and yeah. say, and just stockpile it, and then give you know do the old school thing, yeah. give a couple of things, you know, give yeah. a compilation and say, hey, here's this riff, this riff, this riff, this riff, and this riff. Send them on. Yeah. And you know, I think that's where everybody has a fucking recorder on their phone now and could do all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very accessible now. Yeah. And it's kind of an interesting dynamic to how you used to do things. Yeah. I remember recording shit on tape, giving it to my buddy at school and said, hey, I recorded this last night. Oh, yeah. Let me know what you think. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. Fucking, and actually, like, wheeling and dealing and getting a fucking um, Tascam recorder. Yeah, like uh, you get a Tascam 8-track, man. I remember that's what everybody was doing it on back in the day. Like doing like, and you could like, uh, there was some way to flip it and like do another track or two on it. Yeah. Um, dummy track it. And like, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But I never know how to mess with those things, but my buddies all had one. I had a lot of tapes like that, jam tapes and stuff. But yeah, yeah I mean. It's and that's like, where the first time I ever learned about back masking. Oh, yeah. Because the other side is the yeah. other two channels. Yeah, man. It's really like... Because it's, it's really... You can ping pong. You can take a four-track four... ping it, can't you? Ping pong one. They called it something like that where you could like turn a four-track into an eight-track. Yeah, you, you, you just... Um, you bounce down. Yeah. You, uh, so basically, you, you have your first channel. Uh, your first deal, you probably record your drums. Yeah. They do all through everything. And then you bounce them down. Mm-hmm. And then you put them on their stereo, so you've got an A and a B. Hey. We're about done wrapping up. Okay. Oh. Ooh, I almost forgot about that. I got to work, too. I do, too. Uh, So, yeah, um, the show tonight, 
is uh, Planet of the Tapes. Fucking be there. Um, you have to edit that part. <laughs> no, we're good. Um, so off of the newest album, Colot. Uh-huh. Uh What do you want me to play? Uh, how about... Shit, we're going to play it that night. Play Thaw. Awesome. Yeah. You heard him. Here yeah. it is. From Ohm, it is Thaw.
What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code MetalForge10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout 
to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com.